¡Alto! ¡Párele, párele! Vengan acá todos. Vengan a ver esta palomita que me encontré en su nido. Está echadita. Oiga, señor. We are federales. You know. The mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. No sea tonto, hombre. We didn't try to do you any harm. Why don't you try to be a little more polite? Give us your gun, and we'll leave you in peace. I need my gun myself. Oh, uh, throw that old light on over here. We'll pick it up and go Norway. You go anyway without my gun and go quick. All right. All right. Vámonos para atrás. Atrás todos. Find my way, I know my left from right Because we never close, I'm open day and night Weirdly enough, the best place for me to get my Olympics now is the NBC Sports app um, YouTube TV sucks. Like, I, I, I'm very close to getting rid of it. Very close. I mean, like, I watch nine, I'm watching all of my Olympics on either TSN or CBC here. So, yes, but TSN has ads, and I don't. Man, my sister called me. I don't know if I told you. My sister called me one day, yeah? and she's just like, "Yo, dog, what's with this Olympics with ads?" And she's like, "I don't remember used to <laughs> see ads during the Olympics." And I went, "Yeah." Because we watch Olympics on BBC, and she just turned around screaming at her roommate. See, I told you, I knew there was somewhere that I knew I didn't watch yeah. ads during the Olympics. So actually, you know what today... I said? Though, because I've 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 gone onto the BBC app and seen what Olympics look like, and I do have like sometimes I have multiple streams, mm -hmm. but NBC app is actually pretty good. Like, yeah, they will literally have. Um, like 20 different streams and right. some of it is dedicated to a specific event as well so like i was watching the the triple jump just by itself mm -hmm. um which was clearly you know straight from a feed from from olympics the, the problem it was, it was is i have cool. to listen to american commentary and i'd rather no die. not not with some of the event specific ones because okay. clearly they're like they're obviously um only willing to pay for uh, commentators that are on television. Oh, yeah, no, Anything no, that is a, just a stream me. that you oh, is is so, specific to something, no, so you hear like all of a sudden it's British were, people now. They were limiting the amount of um, people that are in the Olympic Village, mm -hmm. and so NEC is the company that is actually doing all the technical work, and mm -hmm. so there's just a limited amount of broadcasters there. So there's like one set for English speaking people. Mm -hmm. And like, so there's not like, like NBC don't have them full allotment or team over there to do, mm -hmm. to do it. So no, yeah, but even then, happening. I'm sure they're doing what, what they always do and what everybody does, which is have somebody at home sitting yeah, down with a TV over, screen yeah. talking over it. Right. So hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. Oh. This is Andrew. Uh, this is a Jamaican world champion in the women's 100 meters. <laughs> 
Damn that way. And this is very disappointed Douglas Robinson uh, because the Olympics is actually happening. <laughs> Douglas, how did your bad mind not like oh, follow through he, here? Listen, listen, his bad mind came. It close. worked for a while, right? <laughs> it lasted about a year. And there's finally, still, they just gave up. There's still people in Japan protesting the Olympics. So his <laughs> bad mind came real close. And I was about, reading a story. Yeah. I was reading a story this morning apparently about a skateboarder who had tested positive for COVID and was oh, put wow. in quarantine and was claiming how it was an inhuman experience, inhumane yes. experience, Ooh. Um, Ooh. being forced into quarantine in, in that village. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh. Sure. oh that sounds actually so was there a problem or is this just a person who is saying how dare you put me in lockdown no 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 he was talking about like the fact that like basically they threw him in like a box yeah. and we're yeah. like oh, we're yeah, like you, you, you're not coming out for 10 yeah. days yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly it's like prison. he was he went into isolation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what isolation is. I mean, like, yeah, I except, understand it might suck, but isolating at it, a yard is one. If you isolate, if you isolate in like a, a, a room that's fairly fine, okay. Yeah. But I, I assume because him complaining about or that person complaining about um, isolating in a room that's okay is unacceptable but complaining about isolating in like a jail cell okay i get you right <laughs> like that's, him, that's what i was asking i guess so, so you're right in that he's complaining about being in a hotel room by himself <laughs> but <laughs> he just waited he trained for let's be generous mm -hmm. four years <laughs> yes and he's now away from his family and now he's uh -huh. away from his friends yes during the thing that he trained for so yes, and that's what happens when you, you get, when you get COVID. COVID, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you know what would have helped you? You, you, know, what, you, you know what happened to me when I caught COVID? I had to stay at home by myself yeah. for two months. Yeah, okay. but call, like, he didn't have COVID when he landed. He got it there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying this is Douglas's fault? Yeah. <laughs> so once athletes started catching COVID, I was just like, oh, they're just going to call off the Olympics. Listen, I told them not to go, okay? I said to them they shouldn't have the, the, the Olympics because it's a lame sport anyway. But they decided to have it. So it's That's still the your argument fell down. If you just stuck to the actual facts. You know, but because he insulted everyone up front, we just ignored everything you said. So yes, I apologize to everyone listening. Like Olympics have been going on and yes, we the have, Olympics have like, been going I feel on. like if I had let this happen, we would have done an Olympic only podcast where oh, we course. just where we just what? Talk about the Olympics for like I three mean, yeah. three to four hours. And I have to tell uh, you, right? Because um I woke up early sport. one day. We'd have done this which for I Euro. Don't... <laughs> We'd have done this <laughs> so I woke up early one day, which I don't generally do. Um and I just couldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, Well, I guess the Olympics are on. Mm -hmm. And it was a day, it was a couple of days ago. It was a day when we actually had Jamaicans competing. So we had the four hundred meter hurdles, we had the women's long jump, um, that kind of stuff. And not long jump, sorry, the triple jump. Um, and I was watching it, and I was actually kind of enjoying it. So, Damien, I hate you. <laughs> so, all right, here's my here's my here's my side sports fan likes sports. So here's my side Olympic thing to 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 marry to that. So, like, I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of like the track that, especially the women's doing mm -hmm. all of the great things they've been doing. Yes, the but my favorite 
to this point has been like randomly one morning I turned it on and I caught I didn't even know we had a guy competing in this um the male discus throw yes mm-hmm. um from Calabar. right and like he just had he, like he would just do his spin throw the discus and he'd just be screaming go in like this way and I'd be, I'd be like yes I'm hyped for you I want you yeah. to do well and he, I mean he didn't place or anything yeah. but oh. No, of course. I mean, uh, of course, a big part of it for me is was having somebody to cheer for, right? right. Like, I wouldn't just randomly watch bicycles, you know? Um, Here, but what? I did randomly watch volleyball, which is pretty fun. Here's I watched a piece the only of time, volleyball. The only time I'd seen volleyball before that is watching the anime Haikyuu. So I watched a piece of the volleyball and I had to search why one person randomly wears different clothes, yep. a different jersey. Haikyuu taught me all there. of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun to watch because I actually got lucky too because while I was watching it, I got to see somebody break a world record. I got to see the, the triple jump oh. record broken. Yeah, was that was um, awesome. that was incredible. Rojas yeah. on the triple yeah. jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damon is sitting there being like, where have you guys been all of this time? <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, my usually... My sisters would be here, and we'd have destroyed this house, uh, making noise. <laughs> <laughs> but because she's now around new people, they don't understand um, what what the type of people we are. And my sister had to explain. So I was on the phone with her, and she's like, Damien, please explain to these people how the Olympics works. Because I seem they seem confused, although it's very simple. Every four years, we get a chance to be as racist and xenophobic as we can. <laughs> like, it's sanctioned. We do it under the guise of sports. That's what the Olympics is about. Now, when you're from a big country, you get to participate in every sporting event because your team is represented everywhere. But when you're from a small country, it's very simple. You cheer against America. <laughs> unless... <laughs> unless there's a black person in there. If the American is the one black person, you get a pass. But <laughs> if America is participating, <laughs> we're cheering against America. Yeah. It's just like, that simple. <laughs> like this morning, was it this is. morning that the 100 meters was? Um, or was it yesterday? yesterday. It might have been yesterday. Was, and mm-hmm. like I was watching the race and I was sat there and I'm like, yeah. look. Yeah. Since I'm in Canada, the grass you get a pass. Yeah, right. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah, right. Especially because there were no, there was no Caribbean or Jamaican exactly. people in that race. It's yeah. right. That's right. But then I was hard cheering against the American exactly. in that race. Exactly. <laughs> She's like the American basketball team lost, and everybody's happy. Yeah, dog. Yes. Because the only people that like Americans are Americans. <laughs> no one likes it. I would cheer. For the Russian Olympic Committee. <laughs> <laughs> to win. And not America. Uh, because, listen. I should have more hatred towards Britain than America. But, no. <laughs> not when it's Olympics time. Absolutely not. I will cheer I for America it. over England in football. But that is where that is where it stops. That is the line. I explained I explained to Renata that if she were in the women's hundred meter race, mm-hmm. I would cheer for her to be fourth if she represented Grenada. Yeah. And then like <laughs> yeah. seventh if she represented <laughs> Yeah. 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 No, no. If she was in a field, if she was running for Canada and it was a field of all white people. 
then I'm yeah, cheering she for gets her up to there. win. Yeah, yeah she's number one. Right, on <laughs> Now, is that racist? Of course. <laughs> but it is Olympics time. I don't care. Like, in, in archery, every time I see the Americans there, I'm like, I hope these South Koreans wipe the floor with them. Now, <laughs> do I cheer for the South Koreans in table tennis? No. Do I cheer for them in anything else? No. But in archery, of course, they've always won. I want them to keep winning to the detriment of everybody else. <laughs> it don't have to make sense. It's Olympics. And, I love it. <laughs> and with that, this week we're here to come together to discuss a film that was released this year by the name of Identifying Features. Mm-hmm. Yo ando buscando a mi hijo. La última vez que lo vi fue hace dos meses. Mi hijo desapareció cuando tomó un camión que iba para la frontera. Indícame si reconoce algo. Yo sé el empaque. Le digo que a mi hijo lo asaltaron. No ande preguntando esas cosas en público. No sabe quién la puede escuchar. Okay, so this film came out this year. I mean, I think it was like around the place from like last year, but it finally got a, a wide release this year. Um, directed by Fernanda Valadez, um, her first feature-length film comes out of Mexico, and it's a story of a mother traveling across Mexico trying to find the answer as to what happened to her son. Her son left home to go to America to cross the border, and she hasn't heard anything from him for a while and worries for the worst. Um, then she starts going around um, talking to police in towns where they attempt to get her to identify a body that is unidentifiable. But then she do- refuses to take this approach and instead continues on her journey to try and find out what happened to her son. The film follows along um, her story and the story of her son. Douglas, you, wanted, you had words to <laughs> say to this movie. I actually don't have a lot of words to say, but I did want to uh, chime in before any knife fights break out. <laughs> uh, just to say, and, and, and you mentioned it, right? So this movie, Andrew, is, is about a mother going to difficult and dangerous lengths just to essentially find out if her son is still alive, right? Um, there is, I think a lot to unpack in this movie. I will really just say that I like this movie. I like this movie quite a bit, but I can't tell you why. Um, and I won't tell you why until we decide that we're ready to spoil this movie. So that's, that's all I'm really going to say. Um, I, do, I a, do think this is a movie that we're going to have to get yeah, into a lot yeah, of things. Exactly. This um, is a pretty decent movie. Um, and uh, I'll let the two of you have... Have at it. <laughs> um, so let's ask that question first, Damon. Is this a movie where we need to crack the lid open immediately? I mean, no, we don't. <clears throat> we don't have to. <laughs> My issues with the movie aren't spoiler specific. Okay. Um, so, Damon, can you please proceed? All right, fair enough. Um, all right. Let's get... How should I say this? Um, this movie is it is well shot. It is well acted. 
the story is good. My so Douglas gave a synopsis of the movie, and that's that doesn't really tell you uh, where the movie goes or what happens in this movie. And um, Douglas wants to get into spoilers, and that's fine. What I will say is that this movie is grim. And there was a movie I spoke about, uh, um, the one with the the nun who was seeing things. What was the name of that movie? Oh, yeah. St. Maud. St. Maud, right. When I said that that movie felt overly cynical. This movie is not overly cynical. This movie is just the most depressing movie I think I've ever seen. And my issue with the movie is not with the movie. It is with Andrew Robinson. For 18 months, we've been dealing <laughs> with a depressing time. And Andrew Robinson picked, if not the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my lifetime. But no. When this movie started, I was just like, I cannot believe Andrew is doing this. Because the movie starts and her son comes to her. And he's like, yo, I'm out. Peace. And from that shot, I went, this movie is going to be depressing. And even <laughs> knowing that, my body and mind still... I have never struggled so much to get through a movie that is this good. There's nothing wrong with the movie. <laughs> but there's a time and a place. No, it's not the time. And no, it's neither the place. I do not want... <laughs> anything to do with this movie until my until andrew brings roy Keane here and i have something happy in i do not want this movie this movie when people talked about an act of killing and they're like listen i'm never watching that again i didn't understand because i had no context i'd never been in a mindset where i'm just like listen i cannot watch this thing because it makes me feel like doing bad things to myself. And that is what this movie did. Halfway through this movie, I'm like, all right. I think I know what is going to happen. And boy, I don't want this to happen. But they didn't even, they didn't even do that. Were you right? They were you right? something way worse. Because <laughs> if, if you guess the end of this movie, I'm going they to call you a magician. so much worse that I was just like, all right, movie, you win. You've beaten me all... Listen, this is a 20-love... This is as clean a defeat I've ever... This movie is taxing to my soul, Andrew Robinson. It's a, this sounds a lot like how I felt about the Nightingale when we talked about that movie. Like, <laughs> I hate you so much for picking this. I wanted to come on here and have you guys talk about your love of the movie so that I didn't have to bring up that part. And then ask Douglas if we could ratify Andrew not picking movies for like two weeks. Like as punishment for this. <laughs> this is unnecessary. <laughs> he didn't have to... Listen, I've seen depressing movies. I could have picked terribly depressing movies. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I haven't picked any of those movies. I find light garbage for so much. <laughs> I will watch that. Andrew's like, no. Now I want to see the most depressing thing I've ever seen in history. I want to see it right now. And he's like, and I'll have these two along for the ride. Uh, uh, Andrew, 
if your mother wasn't a better person, I'd be saying derogatory things about you and your mother. <laughs> but I am, I was genuinely upset and depressed. Like, I, here's how, here's how, here's the, the state of mind I was in after watching this movie. I didn't wake up early to watch the Olympics the day after that. I was just like, you know what? I was going, I'm sleeping off this movie. <laughs> I need to sleep all of this off and pretend this didn't happen. I was upset the next day in real life because I kept thinking about just how much I wanted to punch Andrew Robinson because of this movie. No, that is not a review of the movie, but I don't care. Is the movie good? It's probably one of the best movies anyone has committed to film. Is now the time for me to appreciate it? No, it may never be the time. I might always hate this movie just because of the... But I, can't, I cannot like this movie because it made me feel too bad. There it is. No, I don't like this movie. Too I don't much like feelings. You or the movie. Too many feelings. Yeah, I don't like you or this movie. Every part of this movie is depressing and I hate it. I hate... And that's, and that's interesting because like we've we've talked about a lot of depressing movies on this podcast. Yeah. The one I like to think about is um well, not that I like to think about it, but the one that comes to mind talking about this topic, I think there was one called The Painted Bird that mm -hmm. we talked about like must have been a couple of years ago, right. which I feel which I feel is like straight up depression porn where it was like it just kept going every 15 minutes right. asking like you think you're depressed but that movie and just was added also on more very bad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Also, we didn't watch that during a pandemic. No, did we? <laughs> no, we did not. I could no, go outside and go talk to people. I can't do that. We're in lockdown season four. So I can't do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's strange because sometimes one of these movies comes along, which, as you said, Damon, like, it's... The, the story itself is a depressing story. It's a sad story. It's a story of just abject, like, something you never want to even hear happens to people. Um, and even the way this movie goes to its ending, like, it, like it, it, dub it double, triple down on, like, being like, you thought that was bad, what we've been doing for the last two hours? Um, how about this? Um, and the movie isn't that long. I think it's only an hour and a half. Um, but like occasionally we get into these movies and this might just be me maybe not being in the same place you are Damien but just because of the way everything was put together like I was able to follow it just as a character just like how I follow any other character film right in just seeing her go through this um there are lots of turns in this movie that I was surprised by mainly because I made my own assumptions as to what was going on in this movie outside of the general premise of like she's looking for a son um sort of thing going on and i feel like there are, there might be one or two scenes where i'm like they definitely stretch there but it was but this is this is an incredible film and more to the point as i i tend to say this repeatedly on the podcast it's an incredible first time film right to see someone who's this is their first film out the gate and they're like this is what i got like you are now put on my list and I am now dying to see what you come up with next. Um, hopefully, Damien will will be in a better place to see. You. And maybe you make a happy, maybe you make a happier movie to make up for this today. <laughs> um, but yeah, if these are the knives Damien got for me, 
I'm like, I'm alright with that. I I have never come onto this scene and been like <laughs> as like as upset with any movie. Like I'm legitimately like watching this movie may change my mood in a not good way. Like not feeling this movie. It is not, I know this movie is good. Because a lesser movie would, if, if the movie were bad, I wouldn't feel like this. Right? But from the, from the off, and her, it's two boys that leave, and they find out immediately that one of the, the boys die. In the most, like, it is the, it is the bureaucracy in, of the situation that makes it feel all the more dire because they they go to the police and they're like listen we can't we haven't heard from our sons and the police are just like look dog that's not how anything works we can't just launch investigations about missing people like that like there's just no way we don't have the resources and then the police is like look we have we get this book from the from america every couple of weeks and see if you you know, that's, that's the best we can do. And when the book, because in my head, I'm just like, what is this book? Like, oh, they've captured them at the border and are detaining them or something. Is what I assume. But no, it's the worst book imaginable. There's like, hey, dog, you want, you want to see a dead body? Flip through all these dead people and see if you can identify your children. What monster would do that? And they're just like, no, that is how the bureaucracy works. This is a thing that is so commonplace. That they just do. And the, one lady immediately identifies one of the kids. It's not her son. And then she embarks on this journey. And this movie, there is no arc. There is no arc. The movie starts with an arrow pointing down into the darkness. And then there's just darkness. <laughs> like it crosses the line at minute three. And then you're just swimming in darkness. There's no light to be seen. There's no end of any tunnels. There is another person introduced in the movie. And you're like, oh, maybe this person will help. There's no help. Nothing about this movie helps. <laughs> right? Where this movie ends and where it begins. Like, is, is anyone better off by having seen this? She isn't better off. I'm not better off. <laughs> why, why did we? This was an exercise in making Damien depressed. And congrats, he did a bang-up job. Hey, I'm not watching your movie again. <laughs> Guess what, though? <laughs> you won. You won, and I don't want to see your movie anymore. Because the entire time, you can tell that this movie is not, like, no American studio put their paws on this movie. Because there's no ray of hope. There's no sweet... There's nothing about this movie that you can go, well, at least... Like, there's no, we went through all of this, but. There's no but. We just went through all of this. And then, credits. And no. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to win no, Best you. International yeah. Film at the and Oscar. And then, the, and then the following year, we get a, we get a US remake yeah. where. And I won't watch that thing. <laughs> no, thank you. Where the cowboy shooty shooty movie happens. <laughs> like, it, this, this movie isn't. Like, I wasn't. 
bored. Like Andrew says, the movie is an hour and a half. It didn't feel that way in real time because I was dying slowly. <laughs> so that's not how it felt. I saw parts of my life flash by. But the movie doesn't drag. I, Andrew says that there's points where I think the movie, the movie might have overreached. I didn't feel that way. All of the things seem to progress in a natural order. Um, there's a point where a man wants to go somewhere and he doesn't have enough money and the driver is just like, I'll take your shoes and I'm bringing you halfway. And I went, this movie just sucks. Every part of this movie sucks. Like, why? What? Even if this is the reality over there, put this in a documentary for people who care. Don't do this to me. I don't need to see this. And the movie didn't get, I mean, didn't get better. No, did it? Is it, did it get better in a technical sense? Yes. Because all of the acting had to ramp up towards the end. All the desperation, everything on the characters' faces have to, like, the further they go into the murk, it is the, you can physically see it on their faces. But what was, there's no payoff at the end of this. This is not a, oh, it is just, it it felt draining at a time where there's, I don't have enough to drain from the pool of things that I can allow to drain away from my happiness is there's, there's like one speck of water left. Right. And Andrew's just like, I wouldn't take that throw away on this terrible, terrible movie. Fuck you and fuck this movie. Oh, Douglas. All right. I hear that. So Douglas. <laughs> yes. So, so at this point, I think we're just going to open the well of spoilers. Okay. Okay. Um, um, you guys have said a lot about this movie, and it's interesting. Uh, I think I approach this differently than both of you. Um, because I didn't appreciate it in terms of like it being this this opus, this master opus, as you did the whole way through, right? When I was watching this movie, um, it was one of those things where I appreciated what they were doing. I was like, all right, fair enough. This is this is a story. This is what you're doing. This this lady is is searching for her son, and and it doesn't look good. She's essentially this this movie is in a way um, how I feel confirmation biases it's like you know what's happened already she's just now confirming right um and i felt like for me this movie didn't like really resonate throughout right i was just like fine i guess this is going to be a grim movie about something um this this one searching and maybe never even find nurse on um and it's unfortunate, but this is not similar to like what Damon is saying here, even though I don't have the fervor. This is not what I signed up for, right? I will watch this movie. I will finish this movie. I'll tell Andre it was fine, and I will move on with life. Then it is clear that this person who directed this movie, who wrote this movie, said, you know what? I've seen a few Lars von Trier movies in my day. Mm-hmm. And that is what I am going to do. This person took a, not a leaf, not a chapter, a whole fucking book out of the Lars von Trier book and said, hold on. Um, I'm going to give you an ending that rivals all endings. Yeah. A, an ending that just blows this thing out of the water. 
And I am now 100% on board with this movie just for the ending alone. Um, because we do find out what happens to her son. Uh, and we find out in just thrilling fashion. So first of all, I rented this on Google. And I don't know if it is Google's fault. I don't know if the movie actually had subtitles, but there is a section, right? So this woman is essentially playing detective and she's walking from place to place, talking to people and asking them questions and, and kind of getting to the root of what's happening. And she eventually interviews this farmer who I don't know where he's from or I don't know what language he speaks. He doesn't speak Spanish. Um, at first I thought maybe it's Portuguese, but I don't think so. Um, but he's telling a story about what happened the night. So essentially, as, as Damien and Andrew have said, these two children have decided to go to the US um, and how they, the last time they, they checked in with both of their parents, they said to them, hey, I'm going onto this bus and this bus is going to take us to the border and we're going to be good, right? Um, and that is when the parents are now like, well, after a little bit of time, after two months, they say, hey, that's the last time um, I've heard from them what happened on this bus. So they finally, fi or, or she, the, the, the one parent, finally finds out what, hap what happens from this farmer fellow. And he tells his story. Andrew Damien, when he tells the story, did you guys have subtitles or no? Nope. No. Okay. I had none. Um, okay. And I well, thought that just had to hint to the fact that he wasn't speaking um, Spanish. Right. Like they even talked about like when she found out about his character, they were saying that like they needed a translator and he yeah. didn't want to talk to people and stuff like that. Um, so I, I interpreted it entirely to be that um I th there was another person there mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um i interpreted it to be that she um our protagonist was getting a translation but we didn't need that because we were actually seeing the story exactly. unfold so as i was about to say yeah. i mean they did have a um her his granddaughter was there and was translating the whole way through um, right. and just decided not to translate during the story <laughs> um but but as you say i assumed i kind of decided to take it that as you said they were translating in real life but we didn't need a translation because not only were we seeing it but we were seeing it in you'd almost say you know technical inimoscop right um we we saw what looked to be almost a fantastical but uh horrific um scene of of what happened right and we actually even saw like how clearly it was being told because we even saw a, a true to life uh story to a, a fairy tale monster right mm -hmm. y you saw a silhouette of a fellow who was killing everybody and he had devil's horns and a tail right um and that was i think maybe around then was when i thought to myself i wonder if there's something here if something special is going to happen because that was that was when it, this thing started building up into high gear. Um, and this movie ends um, after she uh, is in this place called Campo, where bad things have happened. Um, and she's running away because um, some folks are, you know, 
for no just a random reason, right? You don't really know why. Um, but some folks are chasing after them, after her and her her friend that she's found, um, and sh- trying to shoot them up. And you, it's revealed that her son is the one that's following, um, running after them and killing them, which is the biggest, um, just reveal the biggest mindfuck shall we say um at the end of this film and it just it devolves into the grimmest situation that it, it, it can be her her friend who she's developed a, a a relationship with that essentially i guess you could say was you know surrogate son right um and was going to take home and, and live with and build a life with or whatever is now gone. And she now has the uh, great knowledge of, of what has happened to her son. Um, and you can see the devastation and the, 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 the trauma in her performance afterwards as, as she's, I guess, describing to the police what happened. Um, and or actually rather it's being described to her and and you you can see with every word it's almost like it's it's hitting her physically it's this movie is top notch this movie is very much uh, like um uh I, I don't know why i can't think of the name like a mandalay or a, um or the the tides one um from lars mm-hmm. where right at the end you, you have this long build up and the movie is just all about getting to a certain point it's about priming you so that when it's able to hit it hits and this movie hits like a sledgehammer it is it's great i i really like this movie um as damien says it's you know perhaps Yes, perhaps a tad on the depressing side, and perhaps oh, by, by a, not. How do you? What's your measurement? What does that tad measure? We we use we use a twelve centimeter rule, right? Right. Um, use a logarithmic scale. Oh, okay. so I, have a, I have a quick question because I don't know if I completely misread this in the movie, mm-hmm. um, but like when we first meet the the friend, yes, right now uh, the the other guy who's being deported from the US. Yeah, right it's it's we're meeting him like completely separated from the mother character am i the only one who thought like the movie was fast forwarding and they found the son like years later right so i thought that in the u.s time, i <laughs> thought that so what i thought was going to happen is that w- he would finally get back to where his mother was after all these years she wouldn't be there and they would explain to him that she went looking for him and then no one heard from her again so that the movie would essentially loop at the very Mm -hmm. end where he'd be like Mm -hmm. oh she might be out there somewhere because everybody's like we haven't seen her in the 10 years since you've disappeared she was out looking for you and then he'd be like well I have to go out looking for her and the movie would loop, which would be in itself depressing. But uh, if, if I, just a tad, as using Douglas's a tad, it would be just a tad <laughs> bit less depressing. By a tad, I mean miles and miles away from the depressing end that actually exists. 
right. I want to make sure I was the only person no who thought that. Son, and she has gotten to the point where, and he does it so casually and is like, hey, I'm going to send you money. Don't worry. As if that is the thing that she cares about. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like, you see this dead body that is definitely not my son? I'm claiming because my son, the boy I sent out, he is dead. <laughs> he died. And I'm just like, no movie. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Listen, I'm, listen I like Lars. The more, the more depressing he makes the movies, the better. We watch The Lighthouse. There's people who hate that movie because, boy, it is depressing. We watch that and we're fine. But I watch all of those movies when I wasn't 18 months into the worst period of my life. That's when I watched those movies. I didn't watch them now. Probably wouldn't enjoy them as much if I saw them for the first time. Hey, in this entire pandemic period, I've watched no Lars movies. I wonder why. (laughs) Why haven't I watched any Lars movies? No one asked. Because everyone understands why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> hey, hey, Damien. Damien. Hey, Andrew, hi. Why haven't you watched any Lars movies in uh, the last 18 months? Uh, again, out of respect for Mrs. Robinson and Douglas. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> well, let me, end this, let, me, let me end this review segment of identifying features with reclaiming the fact that this movie is fantastic. And second of all, saying i'm sorry damien i did not know it would be that bad hey guess who that helps no nobody <laughs> like the lady and the trip she took that doesn't help <laughs> didn't help her that certainly doesn't help me it didn't help well all i can do is apologize again how is that going to help I mean, you know what? Let me just stare at the Olympics and pray that this movie that is still in my head because it lives, it just occupies space there now. Let me just stare at the Olympics. Let me stare at America losing and feel better. America losing helps. Well, um, I mean, they does. won the Gold Cup, so. It's I'm not sorry, what's that? It's cricket? <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch cricket. I don't, I don't want to tell <laughs> So moving along, mm-hmm. um, we 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 have come to a point in the podcast in which we get to start a brand new marathon, which is a whole new time for us to hope and pray that we will see a series of four to five films that we will now fall in love with and want to watch 20 more themed <laughs> off of this marathon. It's a hopeful moment, isn't it, Damien? We have it every, every, every two months where we're like, we're going to start a new one and it's going to be better. It's going to do great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this time around, we're going to be doing a marathon of wuxia films, um, including lots of films directed by King Hu, the one of the most famous filmmakers of the time. And we're going to be starting off with a 1966 film starring Xie Xieping, um, Come Drink With Me.
it was a closed caption that you can turn on and off. Yeah. So it was definitely somebody. Yes, nope. but they had those closed captions in years and years ago. Uh, oh I mean, I didn't. I I, I, I no assume I. <laughs> I like Douglas assumed my version of the movie was not in English. Um so I just turned on the subtitles by default. Yeah, me too. Um and then you you get a you get a slap of that. Um <laughs> So yeah. Um so come you guys drink saw with the me. dub version of this? Yeah. 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 No. No, I saw the proper <laughs> version. Oh, okay. Actually, I will what I will say is this. I believe that this is the correct way to watch this movie. <laughs> you must watch it with shitty, shitty dubs because how else can you savor the just the horribleness, the of, shittiness of, of this film and films, <laughs> exactly, and films like this without just doubling down, just leaning into that. So there so, was a time I actually agreed with you and that time was before we started doing this podcast. <laughs> over, the, over the years, I've been whittled down into accepting that Japanese movies, I need to, I actually, even with anime, I still want to hear the Japanese and then I will read the madness. I can't, I can't do it with the anime. So I don't like doing it with live action movies with, real with movies. dubs um, yeah with real with movies, real movies yeah. I, I, I like subtitles with real movies real television <laughs> shows because on top of everything else it doesn't look right um, and it feels more authentic the, mm -hmm. but with the anime because it's animation it's it looks fake already the mouth kind of moves in line with the words but mm -hmm. it doesn't Especially with the way anime is done most of the time, the, it's it's not like super detailed like the way like some Western cartoons are made. So you can kind of be like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Um, and here's, so a, here's, like, a, here's a clue, Douglas. If you mm -hmm. never knew this about anime, when they're doing dubs, um, sometimes if they can't fit the translation into the time of like mm -hmm. reading the line, mm -hmm. they will re-edit the scene and just like loop the mouth. Mm -hmm. To kind of give them more time <laughs> to like get the translation in. That's that's funny, but I didn't I didn't mean it that way. I mean, no, just generally though, that's what the animation is. Yeah, that, yeah, um, it's it's super cheap. Yeah. Um, like outside of like some prestige projects, they are yeah. they they know over there their industry knows how to make <laughs> right. things really cheap. So yep. Um, I grew up and I love I love to to be able to see like what's happening, um, especially more in the cartoons and the, the live action. Obviously, the live action stuff, uh, there is lots of things happening and prettiness all around. But I feel that like the cartoon can be much prettier as well because you you literally have the canvas now to play with. So, yeah. so moving on to this movie, um, come drink with me. <laughs> right. Um, it's a it's a story about um a group of bandit a group of bandits, bandits? which kidnap. Kidnap the governor's son. Yes, pandits. They're they're pandas that are bandits. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. They're <laughs> bandits who also play the steel pan. Oh, okay. ah, ah, all right. Cook. That one I'll take. Bandits that cook pan chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have kidnapped the governor's son. Um, and in, in, in because the leader of their group is already in in jail. Um, so they have sent out warning to say in five days they'll murder the son if the, their their leader is not released. Um, at the same time, the governor the gov government has sent out the one Miss Golden Swallow to go and resolve they this sent issue. Out Mr. Golden Swallow. 
Um, that's a very that's a very divisive oh. thing in this movie. Okay, because... so, so so that happened in 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 Japanese as well. I assume yes. that was a a dubbing issue. No, because it made no sense. So right. so that's <laughs> a, that's that's a weird. So that's something I want to talk about because it's actually something that I've been I've been reading and it's very divisive. Where in it's I don't know if it's a translation issue or if the movie does it its own. Where um the golden swallow the character um played by a woman Pei Pei Cheng. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't know if it's a situation in which the whole premise of the character and being of the time and stuff is that she presents herself as a man. So for the first half of the movie, people are saying he, him, yep. um, all throughout. And then there's a fight in the middle of the movie where a little bit of clothing is revealed and yes. then start saying she. Yep. Right. Um, so it's unclear to me as to whether that is like a gender reveal moment of the movie or if like the translations just kind of went wonky. Yeah, no. so um, here's what I thought they were going to do with it as well. First of all, um, so as you said, they, they refer to her as him and he from the get-go, right? And sir. And, uh, yeah, and, and I assume that that was her, you know, over time. Trying to be like, oh, you can you can be afraid of a man, but you can't be afraid of a woman kind of situation or something like that. Yeah. But also to be able to do things like what she would she she did in the middle of the movie, where she went to the um the the monk's place. I don't know why I cannot think of the temple known for thank you very much. The temple. <laughs> um, <laughs> Andrew, why did you save him? We could have had it. Don't you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Should, it would have been a long. I was trying to. Road. I was trying. I couldn't think of anything quick enough, other than the truth, other than the real thing. So, so you're acting, I'm she like, goes right, to the I'm temple and she's dressed in what I assume is now a traditional woman's garb with fancy hairdo and everything, right? And then they talk about, oh, look at you, you girl or whatever. And I assume that that was going to be her essentially going undercover, but. That doesn't last any amount of time. They essentially walk up to her and say, you're a girl. She's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, by the way, we know that you're also Golden Swallow. It doesn't like pay <laughs> off in any way, shape, or form. So that's why I was wondering if actually it was just some sort of mistake with scripts being aged or something. I don't know. But... um. So it's actually something that they intended yeah, to do. It's something, I think it's something they intended. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's bad. Um, so yeah, this, this movie is like a well-referenced movie. Like it's one that I've heard named repeatedly as people talk about, um, influences of films, say for example, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like a lot of, a lot of the character that Zhang Ji plays in that movie comes from this film and her mentor in that movie. Like I can see one-to-one the fights from Crouching Tiger being lifted from this movie. Um, and it's it's a movie I've been meaning to watch for a very long time. Um, and it's strange for me to see this film and to come away from it being like it feels shortchanged. It feels like a movie in which the first half was the movie I was expecting. The movie of the story of Golden Swallow kicking ass from end to end of just solving all of the crime problems going on. Um, and then halfway through the movie, we then switch over to the drunken monk. Um, who ends up becoming the hero of the story somehow, where he, like, and it's not even like one of these movies where, like, she she meets the master, a, a, a master of some sort, who then teaches her how to be better, and then she then 
becomes the hero the better hero by the end of the movie it just straight switches over like a like a like a light um where they're like first movie is golden swallow second movie is drunken monk um and his and then his fights with the other monk dude who somehow knows how to airbend um by the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie the ending of this movie had mean stitches i couldn't believe the yeah like, I was just like, oh, all right. Uh, I see where all of this comes from now. <laughs> so if you're wondering where Avatar The Last Airbender came from. Yeah, and Street Fighter and everything you've ever seen in anime. Like, we have, our, we have, the, we have the points. <laughs> this is where it started. Right, so like, this movie for me, like... I was very in love with this movie in that first half of just the golden swallow fights and seeing what was going on with that. I uh, I I really adored like the the fight in the in the store in the in the restaurant, um, which I mean is like a, a standard fight for like martial arts films where you have to have that first fight where she's so much more better than anyone who comes at her. And she's just kind of shrugging it off, like like she like people throw darts at her, and she just kind of does this head thing, and then she's like, "Yeah, I knew that was happening." <laughs> kind of fights, um, but even like you get to see a lot of the Wusha staples of seeing her like glide across chairs in ways that you wouldn't even see, like it's in a Jackie Chan movie, right? There'd be a lot more physicality and a lot more um, just how the world interacts with you in those films and yeah it is kind of the the dawn of where anime powers come from if you ever want to know how dragon ball z did this whole thing of being like i'm so fast you can't see my see me with your real eyes um kind of thing it's for movies like this um and while it's fun to like go back and see the movies from days gone by because and i mean i didn't double check this but i believe this movie is like well known for being if not the first to do it the first movie that popularized and created this notion of the of the female of the heroine in these in this genre of films um which also makes sense as to why it had this switch over where they're like well we can do it but i don't know if we trust it a hundred percent let's have this guy finish off the movie right um <laughs> um but yeah, don't hold me to that. I didn't double check that. I just know that as like a thing when I hear people talk about this movie. It was the 60s. We can't check anything from the 60s. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you guys feel about this movie? Damien, you Mr. Anime. Oh yeah, that's that's who I am. Um, this was uh, Kung Foolery at its finest. It's just, it starts and a thing happens that gets no explanation nor needs any explanation. And then it devolves into revenging. And then, as you said, halfway through the movie, they're just like, all right, we've shot this first half with this lady person. Uh, if you could poison her and have her exit the movie for me, please. And have this drunken man that we tease early on. Because it's not like he shows up out of nowhere. You see that he has some skills. And having watched enough of these movies over time, they're like, he's going to be important. Because that's how they make these movies. And in the back half, they tell a far inferior story with him. And then they just have the big, they have a big punch up at the end of the movie. Because that's how you end all action movies. And then the movie ends. Uh, it is 
not satisfying in any way except for the part where they gain superpowers kind of for no reason and it's been fascinating watching these movies now because before i only saw um these movies and westerns as just various forms of propaganda and there's still those movies but now that we're in the superhero era you get to watch these movies now and go oh no these are superheroes <laughs> all of these movies are just superhero cowboys are superhero movies Kung Foolery is superhero movies. It's people who have powers no one else has, solving problems no one can solve with the power of whatever arbitrary power that these guys have. So if it's Kung Fu, let's solve this um, dispute between the governor's son and the leader of this gang with Kung Fu powers. You know, a thing that people used to do. And it's it's fun watching it it's fun seeing how rudimentary some of the tricks were um that we've seen mastered as the years have gone on so um in we can use the the bar fight for example like they throw like coins and darts at her and she uses the chopsticks and she throws them up in the air and then the movie cuts to all of them being stuck somewhere and you don't see them actually connect. Like in in modern times, you'd see the stick as it ricochets off 19 things and stick. Like that is what we don't know. But they couldn't do that then. <laughs> so they just cut to the finished product. And the wire yeah, My work favorite of... effect is when she caught some, I think it was darts with her basket. Yeah. Yeah. And it was clear. <laughs> All it was was she was standing up. She yeah. stood up and there was one, one in the basket and then they cut with her holding a new basket that had two and then they cut to her holding <laughs> yep. a new basket that had three. Yeah. It, was, it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, watching all of it, it, it just put a big dumb grin on my face because I've always loved these movies. And these, these movies I appreciate more because they realize they don't make the mistake that so many of these modern action movies make. I'll talk about one a movie that does that makes this mistake um when we get to that section but this this movie knows that the plot isn't the thing anyone came to see like there's no plot in this movie at all <laughs> they introduce things so that people can fight and then they move on no one is explaining anything there's no big backstories there's they're just like look dog we've come here to kung fu let's kung fu and let's go home and I still enjoy the simplicity of these movies. I, but you can feel, like, there's parts of the movies where you can feel the old movie-itis. But it makes sense. This movie is from the 60s, and it's doing things that we've seen refined to a point now that we simply take for granted. Like, by the time Crouching Tiger came out, we were just glad to see a big-budget version of these movies we've been watching in the 90s forever it's like oh yeah crouching tiger right it's like drunken master and iron fist and all these other sure we'll watch this and then we saw a hero and we're like yeah 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 right. you guys aren't pushing any envelopes we're fine uh but it's nice to know it's nice to see if andrew is correct and i'm also not going to check because i don't care enough to to see the first one <laughs> to see what the template 
the very first template. They're just like, yeah, this is what everyone aims for. Uh, but listen, the the air bending at the end was delight. It was a delight because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I saw a lot of madness in this movie. I didn't see air bending. Also, nope. I mean, I mean, right before that. that, we do see we do see the drunk monk do like some electric breaking of rocks. Right. So it's not like it's not it's not like it's not like the airbending was the first thing. Right. Right. Well, the airbending was definitely the worst looking of the things, <laughs> but it was beautiful. Like it's yeah. fun. It's just so fun to see. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, the like with most movies when it comes to like military actions and stuff like that the tactics are wrong like no one can in a movie you don't shoot actual battle like the the tactics that they had were terrible but no one cares because you got to see people fight uh and there's like there's no blood in any of these fights which is another thing that i enjoyed like all these stab wounds and the only time you'd see blood on the people is when they're cut to the next shot uh I enjoyed every part of that. Uh, it was like having this obvious woman be a man for half the movie is silly. It's so silly. And for them to remove literally one article of clothing that shows that she has on like some bustier or something and they're just like, oh my God, <laughs> this, this man with breasts <laughs> this entire time. It's we not did be by a girl. It's not a man at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, dumb movie, uh, which I enjoy thoroughly. And I think if you have ever enjoyed any of these movies, feel free to watch this one. It's not the best one. It might be the oldest one, but it's as good as any of the modern ones. It's just a stupid, uh, punchy movie. That's what I. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, there you go. So um, I'm going to say I like this movie. I enjoyed watching this movie. Um, if we're talking about it technically, this the sum of the parts really isn't that hot. Um, uh, but I'll say that you know I I enjoyed spending my time with this set of shenanigans. Um, uh, what you know. I'll just walk through some of my um, thoughts while I was watching a movie. I, 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 I have a few notes here. But so, as we said, um, myself and Andrew got the dubbed version, which I think is the better way to watch this film. <laughs> um, it, it highlights the jankiness of everything else. It's, it's just fantastic. Um, but weirdly, something that they don't do, um, which I think doesn't make any sense, is... They don't put subtitles when it makes sense to put subtitles. For example, if somebody hands me a letter written not in English and mm -hmm. you spend a half an hour just panning through the letter, obviously thinking that I'm reading the letter that's not in English, please put in English what the letter says, please. Don't let me have to guess. And I did guess, by the way, as to what the letter said. Would you like me to tell you what I decided the letter said? I wrote it down here. 
I've decided that this letter said, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Which, by the way, actually makes sense in the, in the setting because this was literally the first scene of the movie where the gang uh, has ganged up on, has, has kind of become a, a bandit or sorry was it was it pandit um yes they were panditing in the middle of the road and um kidnapped this person uh and clearly had some sort of demands which were in the letter so i decided that that's what the letter said um i mean guys there was a scene where this woman walked up a wall and yes. <laughs> that was fantastic uh -huh. yep uh it was about a half of a second of a true joy just watching her walk <laughs> up a wall <laughs> watching her walk to the wall pause and then the movie didn't cut at all yes <laughs> and then she just walked up the wall in a very believable way oh it's yep. beautiful <laughs> very much so um I'll say for the production value of this film, there is a, a, a section where she gets poisoned. She then wakes up in the drunken master's lair, or whatever you want to call it, and goes outside. And that scenery looks amazing. But there's something weird about it, right? It looks very fake in the sense that, at the very least, the skyline is fake. But the sort of detail that is in all of the, the shrubbery and the waterfall and all of these things, it's so detailed that you actually kind of wonder to yourself, or I wonder to myself, could anybody have created a fake version of this? So I want, I'm not sure if it's real or fake. Right. Half of my brain is like, it's too movie? fake to be real, and the other half is, it's too real to be fake. I don't know where I, where I land on it. Um, so but there's this movie so I keep remembering, which, like, you talk about that background, and it reminds me a lot about it. Um, it's the first, or one of the first Kurosawa films. Mm -hmm. um, Sanshiro Sagata is the name of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, which is about a judo fighter, right? Mm -hmm. And him coming to terms. And I have like scenery like that, where they're like in like a, a at a lake with like lots of um, not a lake, a not a swamp. Um, has lots of like you, what's that thing with like frogs would like be in the water? A fjord, they, huh? A fjord, probably. I don't remember. But like it had that feeling where like you knew this was a set, but An they alcohol? dressed it up in such a way. Where like you almost you you got the reality of it, like it looked mystical and mm -hmm. unreal, but also like they filmed it outside somehow, mm -hmm. and it just like I really love that about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, and so you talk about their kung fu skills and the magic powers that they have. The first time I noticed it, and I actually wrote it down. I can't remember who stabbed who or who tried to stab the big boss, but somebody tried to stab the big boss and the knives or the daggers mm -hmm. became plastic, right? And, and wobbled away. And I, I wrote down here, I didn't know that Kung Fu skills made you impervious to stabbing because that's essentially what happened. Like, you couldn't stab. And I guess that's, that's the first of the three mystical powers, right? You have <laughs> never get stabbed. Mm -hmm. You have blows air, right? And that was my next thing. Bamboo school superpower is blowing hot air. Yep. Um, 
And what was lightning the third thing, one that we lightning said? Lightning chops. Lightning chops, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, boy, superpowers to the rescue. But this movie, it, it was problematic. So, uh, as you say, you know, this thing about transitioning from, from the heroine to, to this fellow being the hero, um, I feel like they could have used him a lot better as a, a, a sidekick rather than, or a, a supporting factor rather than the lead in the end. But, you know, I think the, the most egregious problem that this movie had was that it, it had an anticlimactic boss, right? So um, the fight, there is like a, a fight that is obviously supposed to be or should have been the final boss fight. That took two seconds. Um, and essentially, this man who has trumped himself up to be the greatest thing since sliced bread from the beginning of, or when he's introduced, which actually is in the beginning of the movie, maybe like half an hour in. Um, and also, he himself has been talked up so much by the drunken master to say, boy, I don't even know if I can beat him. I mean, we are not only does he owe him something but he is so skillful i'm not sure if i if i even like thought about it hard could i actually beat him and yet within about two chops of a knife um the drunken master has won yep. which is unacceptable that's not how you you build up a fight like that and, and then um i guess they realized this and tried to make up for it by having a second fight between the two of them that they tried to make more even or more um, into more of that kind of a fight where it it's hard to win. But by that time, you're kind of just upset already. You, you just said to yourself, what have they done? And so, you know, for that reason, I, I don't really think this movie is is particularly great. They could have done a lot. Like, there are things that could have changed this into a bad shitty movie into a, a, a good shitty movie. Um, but I did enjoy, you know, a lot of the foolishness and I'll always um, forgive a movie if I'm able to, you know, just sit down and laugh at shenanigans. So I enjoyed this, uh, watching it. Could it be better? Yes. Should it be better? Sure. Definitely. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's it's definitely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't come to the podcast to talk about good movies. Why would you do that? Exactly. We've been doing this for too long to expect good movies. Yep. This is a marathon I can't get behind. It's bad 100%. kung fu movies. <laughs> Sorry, kung fu movies. The bad is <laughs> wusha wusha. I got, got you all, you all in check. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are impossible. <laughs> Anyways, next next episode we'll be back to talk about the another film directed by King Hu. Um, the film A Touch of Zen, his greatest epic, which will be long. And you guys will complain to me about. Yep. Yes. We will. Yeah. Cause it's long. I mean, I don't understand. Is it Lord of the Rings? No. We like we need to have rules about this. Like, you, you have to know your movie is beyond reproach for you to... Get. When you see two hours, if an editor is like, yeah, man, more than two, people have to come. 
Like you have to you have to film that movie and have people go, a hundred people see it and go, yeah man, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, keep you gotta keep going. You come here with your two and a half hour movies and you're just like, this is fucking Transformers. Who did this? <laughs> Like, Come on, ask for this. Is this just two hours of karate chops? Are you sure you need much, that? Think about how much more children would watch the Transformers movies if those movies were shorter and parents could tolerate <laughs> seeing them. It's like, yeah, I'll carry it to the mm. theater. It's an hour and 20 minutes. Who cares? I'll watch Optimus Prime <laughs> shit. You don't care about this movie? Enjoy it. There's always, there's always the animated movie from when is it? The 80s? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, with children movies, they don't have to be good. I don't know. People keep taking the wrong lessons out of a lot of these movies. Like, when did that movie come out? It was 1986. The Transformers I, animated film. I and see, it is an hour and 24 minutes. It's perfect. I saw Kung Fu Panda one day because my life is ended. <laughs> and uh, that movie isn't as good as I remember. And then I remember, I doubt it you know, can hey, Damien, yeah. uh, this movie isn't for you. Like, they made so many of these that they started making a cartoon out of it because yep. they know what movie they were making. You were just yep. surprised the movie wasn't the worst, but that doesn't exactly. make the movie good. I went, that's right. When you're making children's movies, they don't have to be good. They just don't. They yeah. shouldn't be the worst movies. They shouldn't, they shouldn't they be boring. All they need to be is, is colorful yeah. um, and uncontroversial. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pixar has tricked us for many, many years. Right. And, and I think some of us are growing to that trick. Right? Uh, I was about to say, I'm not the sure. wrong lessons out of that. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we have to make something for children and adults. No, dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let people who can do that, do that. That's not you, though. Just make some. Make the minions. You see how much money the minions have made? Do that. Leave Pixar alone. <laughs> so moving along um, into what we've been watching. Olympics! Um, <laughs> I, guess we have a, I guess we have a vote for who starts out. <laughs> mixed. Uh, the mixed swimming really is. Are, I, I want this for every single sport that men and women play. It is the best it is having oh, right. two I men was asking and two about women. That. I, I don't know how this is in every sport. This is mad. Honestly, I've not watched any of the swimming, but I did catch they do the mixed relays for the track. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, it, am I remembering wrong? Is that like this That's, Olympics it started? Yeah, or is it started it... this Olympics. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. It is fantastic. I can't believe it took us till 2021 to get this done. I can't wait to see this at a real proper Olympics. With people in the stands enjoying <laughs> themselves without COVID casting a giant shadow over it. But watching the swimming, it made me... Because there are some teams where are just like, listen, we have the two ladies swim first, and then we're going to have the men catch everybody at the back end. They're just like, you guys are doing this wrong. <laughs> I don't know who told you this. This is the first time, but I'm here to tell you that that is a bad idea. <laughs> so what's, this, what's the overall strat? It's having a lady go first, two men in the middle, and a lady go last. Because the track then, I saw, it, I saw it, I saw it bookend with men and yeah, women in the middle, and they were saying idea. like, <laughs> <laughs> like "I'm like idea. this is 
this is interesting to see what the strats are that people come up with for this stuff. And then, I, and then I was I, the commentator filled it in for me. But when I first heard the title of like the event, I was like, "Wait, can someone just show up with four men no. to be like I don't have any women on my team, <laughs> or do they have to have like one of each at least? I'd love right? So they could be three men, it. one women. <laughs> I'd love to see somebody try that. Like this one's under eighteen. He's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, until until the commentator was like, "No, the rules say it has to be two two I'm like, "All right, cool." You know, that's that's Overwatch Overwatch team comp. You have to have two two two. Right? Can we do that in football? <laughs> I'd love to see it. men the mixed gender football teams. Yeah, just just so you you get to decide who is going to be the goalie, but you have to have five outfield players, five men, five women. All right. Damon, you're making your football team. Yeah. Obviously, I I don't know. I don't I don't want us to say names to okay. say players, but like, can you fit like your 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 gender profile of your team? Make do you have four male defenders? Do you split it? Do you have are the strikers the women? What, nope. What's your strategy? So you'd you'd find where the top five women are best at. So if you build around the women, because okay, they All would right. be they would be naturally slower and less physical. And so whatever they're best at, then you find the complementing men to make sure that whatever weaknesses they have. Because feeling, if you go, all right, all my men are going to be defenders, then you're not scoring it. Then everyone would plan against you. They'd be like, all right, cool. Good luck scoring any goals, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Just like... Central midfield and four men in defense. Good luck, bitches. <laughs> then you lose. It's like, oh no, we'll never score a goal. It's a terrible plan. All right. Anyways, we're uh, back into Olympics. All right. Uh, I watch a lot of Olympics, but Andrew doesn't like it when we talk sports, unless, of course, England wins, which they never will. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Did we talk about the Euros? I think we talked about. I it. think we did. I think we did. I think there was a whole segment yeah. dedicated to like talking about Kilini's yeah, Kilini's manhandling of soccer. Weird, because if you heard how much I'm cheering for Great Britain in these Olympics, it doesn't seem that the same person that wanted the team to lose two days ago should be cheering for the team to win now. That is Damien, the power of the what Olympics. has been what has, I want to know what has been your biggest surprise this Olympics and what has been the most hype event for you this Olympics? All right, so biggest surprise was uh, the swimming um, because there's there's a lot of brand new people in uh, in the swimming events uh, and people who I didn't think were going to perform well did. And people who I I would and this is part of the reason I will never bet on sports. There's people who I'm like she's definitely winning and she didn't win. <laughs> it was like all right. And the swimming is the first time I saw the mixed competition, and it was tr- it was tremendous. So the swimming has been very exciting, and because swim teams are generally large, you have people around the pool making a lot of noise. So it's the one that felt the most like regular olympics uh the thing that has the biggest disappointment is no disappointment is no fans there's just like 
you can only do like the women's 100 was by far the most hype like they had holograms and shit on the track like they were blowing out the two the women's 100 final but there's no fan like that place should have sounded incredible but it didn't because <laughs> there's no fans anywhere and that's not that's not great um and so now i'm looking forward to the four by one uh i think the men might be able to do something in the four by one but our current crop of men are how do you say trash in japanese I was watching I was watching a YouTube video earlier today in which someone was talking about the topic of trash. Mm-hmm. And then they went to their phone and asked for the British translation of the word trash. So I'll give you that and say it's called rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. They're real bad. I, listen, I knew this coming in, so it's not like a surprise. There's people who are who have been surprised that the Jamaican men perform this badly. Because they don't follow track and field, and it's not their fault. Like me, like because me, like not, like put it this blame. way, put it this way. I'm not saying I expected us to get any medals in the in the men's track. I did expect to see one Jamaican in, in the, the final. final. Yeah, right. Yeah, were, listen, it's at the at the trials in Jamaica. Um, after the trials, I'm just like, we shouldn't send our men contingent to Tokyo. We should leave them here. I think it is going to be a net negative <laughs> for what they're going to do and had people scream at me and I was right. <laughs> so I was right about who was going to win the women's race because I have eyes and I've been watching track and field for eternity. <laughs> and I was right about what the men were going to do. I saw the times and those times would have gotten some of those men beat at champs and that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. <laughs> Uh, but listen, the thing, the, the biggest overall disappointment outside of the fans, they introduced skateboarding and surfing. And that was going to be my next thing. I was going to say if any of the new events caught you, I watched skateboarding and surfing. And I will say both those sports should stay at the X Games, where they belong. Because how they're <laughs> judging it out here in the Olympics? No, thank you. I, I didn't actually watch any of it. All I've seen are like a few clips and I saw the, the news item about like the young girl who won the female skateboarding right. and so, stuff like that. So the skateboarding um, I, is depressing because we grew up with Tony Hawk. We, like, we don't follow skateboarding, but we are of a culture and a time where you saw a lot about skateboarding. You saw people do crazy tricks. They had nine trillion video games. You are aware of what skateboarding can I mean, Tony like. Pro, Tony Hawk Pro just got a re-release, so we can right. start playing that again. Right. Here's the thing. No one is trying any of that shit at the Olympics. All of those insane tricks and sliding sideways on the board and doing 980s or whatever, no one is doing any of that. All they're trying to do is not fall off the board, which is boring as shit. No one wants to see that. If you go in there, you're like, all right, I want to see big tricks. But there's no big tricks event. That is for the X Games. There's a course, and you need to score points. And everyone is taking it safe, and so it sucks. I did see a video of a man fall off his board and hit his balls into, like, a rail. And you're just like, does he get more points or less points? (laughs) 
Less points? I don't like this word. This word's dumb. The surfing, though, is way worse. Because at least the skateboarding is quick. You have five minutes, sometimes three, and then you come off of the screen and you watch another person be terrible at skateboarding. Surfing is half hour. And it's out in the real-ass ocean. And there's people... The men's finals. Here's how bad it is. The Brazilian guy that won, he went out, broke his board immediately, had to swim back, get a new board, went back out, surfed three waves, and won. And you're just like, this sport is dumb. This is a dumb sport. Every part of this hey, is dumb. Question. It's a dumb sport. What happens when, like, the next Olympics? Because I imagine you don't just put in a sport um, for one go and then take it out. Wave machines. What happens when the next Olympics is in, like, a landlocked nation? How, wave do, machines. You, how do you they implement have wave surfing? So they thought about actually put using the wave machines in this one, which I think they should just do going forward. At least get mm. something standard so that people can go out there and try insane things instead of hoping that the sea is nice yeah I, yeah I, I i continue to be questioned like events like that where you're like if there are no waves does everyone just get a draw <laughs> <laughs> right. like the one who, who who stays on the board the longest we, like again we we aren't intimately familiar with surfing but you've seen like pictures and you i've watched videos. point break yeah you've we've seen point break and I mean, you you look at the thing and they're doing what seems to me. No, I don't surf, nor am I ever going to. But it seems like basic surfing. Thing. Like no one is grabbing the board and doing flips, and they're just trying for the sea not to kill them. And then someone does two turns on a wave, and then they're just like four points, and you're just like oh. And then someone does the same thing, and they're like seven points. And I'm like, I'm never watching this. And this is the this you guys have oh, so it's like gymnastics no because gymnastics is exciting i can look at gymnastics and go if i tried the first thing that girl did i'd be dead immediately <laughs> the surfing you're just like wouldn't that be the same for the skateboarding dude you're like if you That's tried the skateboard you'd be dead but i've seen people oh. here do the skateboarding stuff i've never seen anyone here do the gymnastics stuff <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody I've seen, that I've can. seen a Jamaican do gymnastics yeah. at the Olympics and yes. drop. I was so happy. It was um, hilarious. <laughs> because I'm an asshole. So I literally, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was with my parents at the time. And I remember walking down the stairs and my mother was like, Douglas, look, mm -hmm. the Jamaican girl, she's um she's in the gymnastics. She's right. going to uh, compete. No. Mm -hmm. And my exact words were watch 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 again drop yeah and she was very upset with me she's like come on don't say that and, and, then, and then yeah come on don't drops. say that douglas girl dare dropped you immediately and i was you see, as you see, you see this is an example of you <laughs> you strengthening your bad mind powers <laughs> yes. but them still not being strong enough to end the olympics this year <laughs> Listen, I, I got close. Even I read articles on the day before uh, the Olympics started where the articles were saying, hey, they're still thinking about shutting this down. Yeah. And listen, I love the Olympics. Just like, and just like with basketball and football when those started, I'm here to tell everybody, 
we probably shouldn't have done this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, I can, I can understand. I don't necessarily <laughs> agree, but I can understand the argument for things like international football, right? Mm. Um, especially when you're talking about it's really only two nations coming together, two sets of people, you don't have any fans, and it's a lot less um, uh, stuff to, to handle, right? right? But with this... I mean, not only is it just a huge undertaking with an immense amount of people that need to get it done, it's people from every single country in... I mean, yep. not really yeah. every, but let's just say every single country in the world coming together. I mean, together pretty much space. every it's single country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, it's, a, there's it's, over 100 nations represented. It's a at disaster the waiting to happen. <laughs> it's a lot of people. Mm. Um, <laughs> also, India is doing well at this Olympics. They said they're going to start oh, yeah? spending money uh, on training up there billions of people they have and they've been doing well mm-hmm. it's been surprising my last my last olympic question yes. is damien how many tracks did you recognize from the opening ceremony when they were playing video game music as people were entering too many <laughs> <laughs> i remember reading that i read that story and then i went back and i watched the opening ceremony yeah. and i'm like oh yeah i know all these songs yeah um, yeah. and then i talked to people at my work and they're like they played video game music what yeah. was that? i just heard things yeah, i heard two i was just like oh yeah all the people who grew up with video games are my age and older which means going forward video games are good like what we saw with crank and that other one um what was that other movie that GoPro movie, that movie in first person where he killed a lot of people. Hardcore, oh, hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry. Henry. Right. There are people who are just who just know, see the world and see video games as part of that world and see no delineation at all. And all the old people who would rather die than have video game anything on their screens. They have like 20 more years and then we'll never hear of them again. Like, there are people... I was reading something and the it was that um same it was the Loki thing. Disney had they have the how they make this um stuff, like the behind the scenes stuff. And the the director, she was saying, you know, she wanted certain aspects to work like certain video games. I'm like, yeah, of course. Because that is the mark for us. Like we grew up with when and video games or a masterpiece, like you're like, this video game is a masterpiece. I want more things to be like that. While everyone that used to make video games were pointing at movies, they're like, oh, we need video games to get to this movie. There's people now who are just like, oh, no, 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 movies aren't the benchmark anymore. These dumb video games that we've played are the benchmark. And I'm here for it. Uh, the Olympics have been fine, a bit depressing because there's no fans. And I have to stay up until ungodly hours of the morning. Uh, There's one morning I went to sleep five o'clock and then remember that to go into the office at nine. I was that great. That was a great day. <laughs> it was a bad, bad day. Um, but yeah, I, listen, you guys, everybody knows how I feel about sports. And when I say sports, I do not include cricket because cricket isn't a sport. Um... And I, listen, I love the Olympics. I always love the Olympics. I've been watching the Olympics since I was six. Yeah, since I was six. So, yeah. I remember Barcelona. Not when you were two. Not no. when you were two. 
I can't tell you anything that happened in that <laughs> Olympics, but I distinctly remember Barcelona 92. Okay. I remember a lot of stuff that happened. And it's it it's weird what... Like, when you know that YouTube is a thing and people show you all these videos, it's weird seeing the videos and thinking, do I remember this because I've seen this video a million times or do I actually remember this from the first time <laughs> is it that i remember this just reconfirms what i saw or have i seen this enough times that this is now the and it doesn't matter but i still god i love the olympics um speaking of things i love I'm not so so following just... following following you up with with breaking sports news kylo yes. resigns for the miami for really? the Miami what? For the Heat. Oh, oh, my. The Miami Heat. <laughs> Andrew just said Kylo for the Miami. For the Miami oh, no. As if yeah. Miami was the name on this team. <laughs> look, <laughs> look I, wasn't going, I wasn't going much further than that. I mean, um, it would breaking be nice sports if, news. It would be nice if you knew the name of the team. <laughs> I did. I just didn't want to say it. I, I don't just turn on the Olympics the on, my, on my tablet as we're talking. <laughs> So. No, the, the Raptors knew what they they got when they they knew what deal they signed yeah. when they won that trophy. Exactly. And when they Kawhi left and to took the injured. playoffs with him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and now they reap what they sow. I so yes, you, you you claimed you were taking this podcast into dark right. places. Tell taking me more. This podcast into uh, speaking of terrible things that aren't the Olympics. I sat down and watched Foolishness Nine, and mm-hmm. I. Th- think i'm done think oh wow i think this is i think this might be because mm-hmm. no one is learning any of the right lessons it's this is what i fear the matrix 4 is going to be uh in foolishness 9 they have the big stunts they're like listen this is a this is a series where we've done a lot of dumb things with cars and they continue to do a lot of dumb things with cars. And if you take the dumb things with cars sections and you squash them down into a half hour, I think Justin Lin is at his peak. The problem is and has continually become the story they're telling and how much of these movies are centered around a story no one cares about. Uh, Dom has a brother you'd have seen that in the the trailers for people who haven't watched this movie and his brother is John Cena and a good quarter of this movie is showing the backstory of why knowing the ninth movie his brother is just turning up and every sentence every flashback the flashback they didn't de-age them they got brand new people in um, to do the acting, the person that is acting like young Dom blinders. deserves an Oscar because for his voice, right? He is doing and his mannerism. Man, he is playing John Man. Cena. He's playing um, Dominic Toretto better than the actual I love Dominic that Toretto. Voice. I have a feeling that there's a little bit of Chris Nolan's Batman like computer <laughs> yeah. program in there, but it's so good. It is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew's, Andrew's full, full of focus. Um, so he is good. Uh, the person that plays young John Cena is doing nothing. 
John Cena is asked to do nothing in this movie also, which is very depressing. Yeah, because he is generally good. He, he doesn't do what The Rock did in the previous movies, which gives it an yeah. injection of charisma. There's no char- yeah. He has no charisma. Well, and he's I, not- I feel like the thing about John Cena is, is that he, he has tons of um, charisma, not in this movie. Right, but not he in, does I'm, generally, but yeah. how he, how he right, does I'm that is he makes fun of himself like all the time, right. right? He's very good at being super ridiculous, but right. he's not good at doing what The Rock does, which is just be charismatic and like be able to make the one-off quip or whatever. So, he can so here also, lies my like, question, uh-huh. right? Like Fast Five was when The Rock showed up. Yes. And I know, I know, like before I even said a sentence, I know The Rock Fast Five is far superior to John Cena Fast Nine. Yes. Right? But The Rock in Fast Five is not The Rock that we have in Fast Seven. Yes. Right? Like they improved on yeah. everything about it, including just the, the direction the character right. took. Right. Someone said, right? hey, he's The Rock. <laughs> Write as much rock shit as you can for these movies. What are we doing? And we know John Cena, as we've mentioned, is a person who knows how to bring the ridiculousness into his characters. Like, I still think him in um, Sisters, the Sisters movie with Tina Fey yes. is incredible. I still think him in the the film the, that I've already forgotten the name about um the amy Pol- not amy polar blockers yeah, of course yeah man the one where he's um, running down his teenage daughters yeah no, blockers but no oh, i was oh, thinking about the you're talking about I, yeah. I just brought it up because it was a bad movie he was in um, um i was thinking primarily about the mm, why can't i remember her name cutting album and her name is completely oh, yeah, when i cut she went amy bad the amy schumer movie um, training. Oh, yeah. What's the name of that movie? Yeah. Training Day. I forgot the name. Wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying um, for a while. <laughs> um, like day. it is. Like his work in that movie is incredible, and I think he he does great work at being the self-deprecating, the yeah. ridiculous person. This movie doesn't have him be that person because he's supposed to be the 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 the, the like confident person. But here's the right? here's the thing with this movie and the issue that i have with this movie these movies are primarily supposed to be fun but they have abandoned telling a fun story because they're focusing on dom and his family bullshit that no one right it is a meme i guess they're looking on the internet and seeing everyone say family and it's just like yeah let's double down on that part but hey, guys, you're wrong. The thing that people liked about those movies, we liked the Brazil one because of the heist. We liked the, the one where they went to the tallest building because you were driving cars from tall yeah. building. To t- you guys are focusing on telling a story that does not need to be told. We don't, want, we don't care about Dom's child and him hiding that child. We don't want to see him and Letty be serious and dull. We don't need any of that. All we ask is that you come up with dumb stunts. And you have. There's about four scenes where someone uses a vehicle moving at full speed to cushion a fall from another human person. They're using full speed cars to catch human people. And you're just like, whatever. (laughs) 
But if you have Charlize Theron, do not put her in a cage because she's better than all of your other actors. Find something else to do with her. Have Dom not speak at all. I don't need him or Letty to speak ever again. The only people currently allowed to speak are the two niggas in space. That is fantastic. Let them keep up their arms out. No one else gets to speak. <laughs> I want no more talking in these movies. I want an hour and a half He's of car shenanigans. Yeah. The only part I, of this I, I movie like that too. brings levity to be fair, is uh, Damian, the two people you expected the least from, Ludacris and... <laughs> hold on, Damien. So here's my question to you. If um, you are given the option of having no Vin Diesel and mm. all young Dominic Toretto, would you take that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I would watch that movie. Because Vin Diesel is bad. <laughs> Like we used to joke that he's bad, but he's, oh no, he's, he's completed he's the circle. Um, because he did that one movie when he was in the courtroom. And I was just yeah. like, maybe we've given Vin Diesel too hard a time. But he's done so many of these movies now that he thinks he's actually that person. And that person sucks and can't <laughs> act. And I don't want to see on screen anymore. So he's, I, he's I a, agree with he's you. He's a that leg this is on, the... This, on the whole franchise. We need to, don't run away the rock. Have someone kill him or send him home like yeah. Paul Walker's character. Just have a black Chevy turn up at the beginning I... and end of movies. And you're like, oh, it's dumb. He's gone away with his shit. Get the rock back. Get um, Shaw back. Um, I want Hobbs and Shaw back. I want I... Vin Diesel gone. I want Letty. I don't want no more stories with him. No. Listen, Helen Mirren is in this movie. The second she showed up, the movie got she 10 times fun. better. Yeah, and then she disappeared. Like and you're I just like, well, this movie's movie. terrible again. She yeah. knows what movie she's in. Those two lead actors think they're in a, They're making a good movie. I want them, oh, I want them out of this <laughs> series. It's, they're weighing down the series with their backstory. I, I don't care. I don't anyway, care Damian. what Kurt Russell Damian, do. Damian, I I, I'm, I'm not here for any of your honest critique of this film. <laughs> oh. This is rubbish. Oh, you want okay? to talk here about magnets about... No, 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 no. You had your chance. <laughs> oh, Sit sorry. down. All right, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me put myself on mute. Thank you very much. So um, I will I will agree with you. This is one of the, the weaker movies, probably probably only trumped by like say two and four but um what i would say is here is my reason or or, or i want to highlight something that just shows how bad this movie is right and i'm sad that nobody has mentioned it you have not mentioned it yet and i don't see anybody actually who talks about this movie say anything about this do you realize that at the beginning of this film and I'm being very um, generous <laughs> giving, with the word to film. say <laughs> film. Um, at the beginning of this piece, piece of cinema, mm -hmm. um, Work of a friend of well. theirs that goes mm -hmm. by the name, first of all, of Mr. Nobody. What the hell? Mm -hmm. But Kurt Russell gets kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Their objective is to get back Kurt Russell. Yes. Or one of their objectives is to get back Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. You realize they forget that about halfway through the film. At the end of the movie, they don't have Kurt Russell. They don't even say to themselves, we need to get Kurt Russell back in F10. 
right? Uh, at the end of this keyboard. Um, but the next time they bring up Kurt Russell, th- yeah, he... he's just going to be alive and well. No, they, no, they said because they had to explain how Han comes back. The character yeah, no yeah. one cares about justice for Han. <laughs> that explain how he came back, and their explanation was Mr. Nobody is able to make things look real. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to stab and kill everyone. That's right. But I was fine with that because I knew what movie I was watching, right? But, but um, <laughs> for, for a movie that has fake magnets and rockets <laughs> into space, why? But if you're going to, if you're not going to try, then don't try, just go. Magnets. He could have literally said magnets are walk away. I would have. Like, yeah, should have, right. have just had Jesse Jesse come on screen and go magnets, bitch. Yeah, and I just walk. Away. Like wait, he's from another, and they just walk away. Like they don't explain how Donkey Kong and his friends are alive and doing stuff. They're just there racing a jet. Why? So that. You know that, oh, they're the ones that build this car that flies into space. Douglas. Damien. Damien. <laughs> I forgot that his name was... They, they did the whole DK thing yeah. in Furious 3. I forgot that completely. I thought you were talking about a completely different franchise and you were bringing in the Mario universe into no. this dumb argument. I hate myself right now. Yeah, man. Hey. Hey. This... I want Fast and Furious to be a celebration of the dumbest aspects of movies. That is what it should be. And for two movies, Fast Five, Fast Six, sorry, for three, Five, Six, and Seven, they're just like, we know you don't care. Because lest we forget, these movies started with dumb stealing, stealing DVD players. This is what the Fast and Furious movies are. <laughs> Paul Walker was trying to stop Dom from stealing the DVD players. And now they're superheroes. And instead of the movie focusing on the fact that there are no superheroes, they're just like, no. We need to tell this horseshit story. That Family. Who ca- Listen, they could have just had John Cena just show up as another cop trying to hunt them down from somewhere else. And then you wouldn't have needed any of this story. You didn't need the Mr. Nobody thing. You didn't need Charlie's Theron. You didn't need any of these things in these movies. And I'm telling you, if you cut those parts out of the movies, the movie will just be better for it. This movie doesn't have to make sense. At the, the first big action scene, they're running away from the military of some fake country. There are, there's a tank, there's a jeep, and there's a car. And then Letty's just chilling on a bike for no reason. There's space in the other vehicles where she wouldn't easily be shot. And no one cares. And then he runs in the side of a cliff and uses the, the rope, the rope bridge rope, as a Indiana Jones whip and uncharted himself from one part of the island to another. And we're just like, well done, Fast and Furious. And then the movie just keeps going. That is what I pay for. The talking bits. I need as little as just tell me you need to get a MacGuffin. 
Their job is a to goober. get the MacGuffin. Your the other person's job is to stop them and then just come up with car stunts. They've already gone to space. I think we've been joking about since Furious Five. We're just like, this doesn't stop until they're in space. It's like Machete. Until Machete in space, the series can't end. I assume fast fast ten your seatbelts and fast ten your seatbelts again. It's just going to be set completely on the moon. But <laughs> <laughs> until we get <laughs> I sincerely hope Vin Diesel is listening to this so he has a title. Right. Right? Because they they've been doing this nonsense title numbering shit for like the last five movies. Right. Fasten your seatbelts is probably the best <laughs> best I, thing I've heard. I used to I used to be so happy to watch these dumb movies. And the last one, I saw them start going down this family road. I'm just like, all right, he has a son. They killed the the wife. Who cares? Let's just count. And then for them to, like, I, I hope when The Matrix 4 starts, it is a fight scene. And I want that fight scene to be a half hour. And then I want one person to say, matrix and then i want in second fight scene <laughs> and then i want that movie to end <laughs> i don't want anyone to Damon, explain but Damon, how how will they have enough time for the audio commentary track talking about the philosophy of the matrix and how it shows us that this world is this world is i remember the thinking matrix. that the animatrix was good once and now i only look back at the animatrix with abject horror and disdain because it was people continuing to think, to write. Th it's like a think piece on the Matrix. How did they sell the Matrix? It was bullet time and that was it. That was it. That was the whole commercial. It was just Kung Fu nonsense and bullet time. And now when people think about the Matrix, they're just like, oh, it is the world where the and you're just like, that is not what was important in the first movie and they made it important in the second and third and that's why everyone hates those movies and i fear they're going to do that again like idiots um but i did have myself a good time this i watched one movie that made up for everything except andrew's movie that <laughs> everything except identifying features uh i watch jungle cruise and i love that movie I love that movie. I love that movie. So, okay. Quick question. Quick question. Um, the the guy is in that movie. The guy from Friday Night Lights. The yes. guy from The End of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. um, I'm blanking on his name right now. I saw him for three seconds Jesse in one Pinkman. ad. Is that Jesse, what you're talking about? No, not Jesse Pinkman. The, the guy who's in Fargo, in a season of Fargo. Yes, mm -hmm. Jesse Plemons. Oh, Plemons. Okay. <laughs> I heard Pinkman and my brain is just crazy. Um, so Jesse Plemons. Yes. I saw him in an ad of where he only had three seconds mm -hmm. and I became very interested in watching this movie. Yes. Is he the best Jesse Plemons he that I could ask for? No. He's not given a lot of time in this movie. Uh, but he is fun. This whole movie is fun. This movie this is move, this movie looks fun. I, I, I'm, it is the I'm looking forward to watching it. When to the mummy. Off the lock. Right. If the mummy and 
Pirates of the Caribbean had a baby, this is what this movie would be. It is, and this movie knows from the get-go what it is trying to accomplish. And they have just packed as much charisma in every single character. They've stuffed all the charisma they can find into this movie and just went, people will overlook all any mistake we make if we make sure that this movie is so fun, we just keep giving out free passes. And that's what the movie does. It, it is basically a mummy storyline. Someone is going for a thing that has been long lost. And when they get there, a man that is a charlatan that is trying to con them out of the thing, they essentially, their quest align and then the story continues. And you know how this goes. You know that the good guys win in the end is that this is the property. It is all of those things. But while on the ride, just like the mummy, while you're on while you're in it, nothing else matters. Like logic and common sense doesn't matter because you're having such a good time. And the movie is paced well. The rock is super like this is of if any role, this is the role the rock was born to play. Like, he is, uh, apart from looking goofy in period clothes because he's a mountain of a human being, he is everything this movie needs him to be. And it is ju it's just fun watching him and everyone else interact. It's like he, he doesn't go the Johnny Depp route of being absolutely crazy, but he does go... He's like halfway Johnny Depp and all the Brendan Fraser corniness that you need. So it's the Johnny Depp weirdness and the Brendan Fraser corniness plus the rock charm all in one person. And it, the movie knows what it has in him and just goes, the rock will carry us to the end of this movie. And he does. And all the supporting characters are fantastic. Uh, the plot is light, but funny enough that you just you just go with it. And it was such a big surprise because I'd been disappointed by so many of these type of Disney movies. And they've been they made a couple of Alice in Wonderlands, they made all of these, like they even made Doctor Doolittle with um Iron Man. And that was a, a at least I hear that it was an abject failure. I'll never watch that movie. <laughs> uh but this one was really good. And I really needed it because the other movie I saw and the last movie I'll talk about is A Quiet Place Part 2. And I I mean, I don't know what I was expecting coming off how good The Quiet Place 1 was, but this wasn't it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's more Quiet Place, but it doesn't... I mean, maybe it's unfair to have asked it to do what the first Quiet Place did, because yeah. now that you've seen the trick, but it just doesn't, it's just not enough. Like there's, yeah. there's something, there's something that that's missing from this, but I'm not sure what, I just know it isn't as good 
as the first oh. it doesn't fill me so with the same I'm going I'm going I'm going to cue in on my on my trick of this movie this is the walking deadification exactly. of that show that, of that ex- movie I was just yeah. about right? to say that they, that's, that's they, how this feels <laughs> yeah. they they got oh, first of all the thing about the quiet place isn't just that it's good right it's that that it surprised us is that it surprised us walked into that movie going like oh it'll be like a average at best like horror show and then like within five minutes the child dies and we're like oh my god what is this movie (laughs) and then we're like sold in for the whole runtime this movie feels like feels like and honestly like i this is sound like a bad thing i'm saying but honestly like it turns good sometimes this feels like tvification of that story where someone has now come to them and said we need more of that and they yeah. wrote out they wrote more and I'm, i actually think the movie is okay like this movie yeah. is probably like the level we had expected going into the first movie right and i'm fine with this like if they announce a part three i will be fine with that as well right and i will look forward to it and i'll watch it because i still think this movie is a decent movie Right, it has all of the things I need it to have. But is it did it leave me with that same surprise and awe that the first movie did? Absolutely not. Yeah. But right. and, and, the, the me, and like... me and you are on the same exact same page, Andrew. I, I mean, I this feels literally like a walking dead episode. And what it does is it it splits them up into essentially, I think it's three camps. Three yeah. or two. Three two. camps, whatever it is. So, um yeah. uh, so that you, you can have all of these extra things be able to happen to them. Um, and, and there's so much more that can be explored. Um, but it's very much like a television show. They're, they're setting up a franchise. And, and the thing about it is it's, it's hard um, to, to... It's unreasonable to ask to be for this movie to be as good as the last movie or to feel as good to us like the last movie did because that's a hell of a bar and why we love i mean i'm essentially saying the same thing as andrew why we love the first movie is because it introduced us to this whole concept of um of something that we didn't think we would like as much as we did we probably didn't even fully understand what we were getting into until it it hit you in the face and so so you have that so the only way to then get that is is to to completely rejig the whole thing and come with some new brand new ridiculous fantastical concept in the second movie which is unsustainable you cannot do it i mean it's hard to do it once let yeah. alone two or three or four times depending on how many sequels you want to have right so like, for them to create in, yeah that's true. yeah yeah for them to create this scenario where they say okay let's just go a little bit deeper into the the what would happen if you had to be silent all the time and how can we fight back against these no, people so that we'll have no, more movies no. I'm fine. It's no. it's alright. I just I just need I just, in part three for mind. someone for someone to just say, Yeah, I played The Last of Us Part Two. I know what a clicker yeah, is right. and no, I, just I was just like, Yeah, it's hard to do that. But no. No, it isn't. No, a lot of second Yeah, you've movies. done it before? You've no, done it lot, before? No, a lot of second movies are better than the first ones. No, no, I'm not saying it no. isn't. It's it's not impossible. I'm just saying like it's. I'm not giving them a free first... pass on this one. <laughs> no, 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 Damian. I'm not saying whether or not it sh- it can be better or worse. I'm saying what you want. So, for you, the way we love the first movie, it's not about being mm-hmm. better than a first movie, right? It's about being better than a movie that you thought was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You 
And I think it's oh, expectations. Exactly. I think it's internal yeah. expectations. It's so, not even. I'm I'm even taking away the content of what that movie is. Mm-hmm. I think it's entirely like the way that first movie played. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's 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 like someone walking in where like you're like oh, I'm gonna see a piece of shit, and then the expectation, like the way that movie played, like even the flow of it, like went like oh you think you're coming to see trash, and then it hits you with something. And let me make this perfectly clear. I don't think a quiet place number one is as good as you guys think it is. I, I, I think it. I, I think it's that. a movie. I think it's a movie that blew our expectations, if and only because of where our expectations were going into that movie. Yeah. Right. Um, I and I think that, we hold. I have a feeling that you're right. <laughs> and I think we hold on to that feeling of how the movie did that to us and add value. And I don't think that's not valuable. Mm-hmm. But I just think in the general objective spectrum of like what these movies are. I don't think they did too poorly based on what that, what that, what it's going so, through. So I watch, I, I don't agree with Andrew's statement. I really think that A Quiet Place 1 is one of the truly fantastic movies that have ever been committed to film. I've watched a movie a lot. It's not, it's not that I think that movie is something that it isn't. And it's, it's not that I haven't seen it and I'm holding on to the surprise. I watch a movie a lot. Because I think, with the exception of the creature design in that movie, that's the only knock I have against that movie. And I've seen it so much now that I just accept that the creatures look how they look and just ignore that part. But all of the things that they do in that movie, I think is fantastic. But I thought that too about another movie, while it's not the same genre, and they were able in the subsequent movies to keep it up. And that is why I've, because I was just like, hey, maybe it's unreasonable to ask them to do this. But no, the first John Wick movie, we, I saw that and I lost my mind because I thought no one could make movies like this no, anymore. No, that's, that's... And then they said. kept... The Dean, that's an Wick. action movie. Yeah, but that's an Douglas, action movie where all you're asking them to do is shoot him up, right? It's like it's like Fast and the Furious. It's, but Douglas, it's, it's but this can, but this so so this is what I'll give Damien. People make bad action movies. The, this yeah, is what I'll sure. give Damien. I think the process is the same as to what we're asking at, from these two movies, right? So first of all, A Quiet Place, like with the sequel, like they treat it almost like the John Wick franchise, where the thing you're focusing on is creating the tension of like the clickers. I will continue to call them that. That's um, coming into coming into the scenes and h- how they will like best them right throughout, and you have the action scenes in there. With John Wick, like it's them being like, all right, the first one worked, and then they have to come in and like rework and rewrite and try and try and decide whether they want to make the movie I imagine, which is like the grand world that is John Wick and talk you about the lore and everything, but still give you the action bits, right? Um, like it's the same process. No, if we're doing if we're doing comparisons, John Wick outlives a quiet place in like how they progress moving forward. But I still think that a quiet place back Two is a decent enough yeah, sequel to what a quiet place is. Right. I don't think the movie is bad, you know, I just, it's just not what I wanted. It's not the thing that when I think of a quiet place Two in my head, mm-hmm. this is not the movie that I see. Yeah. They, and I think, I think we can all agree to that. Yeah. I think that but they should have yeah. made a better movie 
And uh, when you said, yeah, it's the Walking Dead thing, the one episode of the Walking Dead that I remember is the episode with the black guy tr- not being able to shoot his zombie wife. That is the that is the high water mark. And everything else mm-hmm. after that is just run-of-the-bill zombie nonsense that I stopped watching years. And I don't even know how they're still have the walking dead on tv yeah i didn't realize it was still on that's not <laughs> what crazy. i wanted from a quiet place like that's the, why they shouldn't have done a part two but yeah. hey that's how movies work it yeah, made money then they come to the man and they're like yo dog you can yeah, make you a want, number two you want more money and he's just like <laughs> i didn't have any plans of making two of these so let me but sure you know some lunacy and that's what it feels like it feels like he someone said make part two and instead of him sitting down or him and his team or whoever it was going what is a better story to tell in this universe like what is the thing we actually wanted to tell do we change families do we move it to another location and have people who are living somewhere remote that don't understand that this has happened to the rest of the world and have them come into Damien, stop just describing um, Cloverfield sequels. Have it, right. It. Just, right, that's what <laughs> Cloverfield 2 is just like, hey, we're not following up on Cloverfield. The Cloververse. Doing, right, we're doing a completely different movie. And that movie, that second movie. That movie is amazing. Ten Cloverfield yeah. Lane is ten times the movie Cloverfield is. Right? After... 10 Cloverfield Lane came out. I stopped watching that Cloverfield movie. It was unnecessary. I didn't need to watch it anymore. <laughs> that phone footage shenanigans. I, do, I barely like that movie at this point. But that mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane, boy, is that movie a better movie. And I was even thinking about that. Right. There is most people given time and the creativity can come up with a better second movie than the first movie. But they just didn't. And... Yeah. Whether they were short on time or didn't have ideas, or I don't care what the excuse is. I don't like this one. And <laughs> I'm probably not going to, I'm probably just going to keep watching that first one and pretend that this didn't happen. Not because the movie is bad, it's not capital B bad, it's just an, it's unnecessary. Um, but none of that matters because I watched the Jungle Cruise after that, and the Jungle Cruise is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I All right, I need, to, I need to watch that movie now. I love that movie. And when people who are going to watch this will inevitably say it is just uncharted but worse. I'm just going to hand I'm just going to say when they put the rock in uncharted, I'll listen to your nonsense. Uh, the jungle, Douglas go watch the jungle cruise. Andrew's always already going to watch. Oh no, I, I was definitely going to watch a jungle cruise, but I'm waiting for the lock to come off on this. Also, one. and uh, I'm leaving this for last and we're moving on. three months' time. Uh, I'm watching The Sopranos because Andrew yeah, told me to watch The Sopranos. Yes. Where are you in The Sopranos? How's this going? I am episode nine of season oh, one. Oh, wait. You've never watched The Sopranos? No, I have watched The Sopranos. Oh, okay. I don't like it. And Andrew... All I, all I can remember Andrew, my memory of talking to Damien about The Sopranos is him bitching about right. the end of it. Andrew <laughs> and Douglas have stared at my face and gone... Pish posh, you silly, you simpleton. You just, you <laughs> I just love don't this get show. it. Yeah. And rewatching it, I am. Um, now, this is season one. Maybe the mm-hmm. other seasons get better. 
But Fuck this... you. Hold on. No, just, no, no. Just hold I on. mute him. <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> I am getting a lot of Game of Thrones vibes from, <laughs> <laughs> from The Sopranos. It feels like a thing the whole world said, Damien, this is incredible. And I said, <laughs> you guys need to relax. And then when it <laughs> ended, everybody's like, maybe Damien was right. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> maybe. Nope. There maybe is nobody that doesn't like this show. <laughs> yes. And there was no one that liked, that hated Game of Thrones. Except I was a man on an island. It was just me. <laughs> no one, no, there wasn't even think pieces about how bad Game of Thrones were. And now, everybody, that train burned to the ground with only me jumping up and down going, I like this last season. That's fucking <laughs> <laughs> No, it won't go the route of Game of Thrones because I've seen all of the Sopranos. <laughs> I know how it goes. But now that I have another analog to it, it feels like something everyone is like, Damien, this is incredible. And I stare at it and go, it's good, but incredible? The Wire is incredible. The, the gap between The Soprano and The Wires has a full expanse season in it. <laughs> that is how wide the gap is. There are, HBO has made better TV shows than Sopranos. HBO themselves. It's not bad. So, but that, so FYI. Well, all right, I don't want, I'm, I don't want we're to We're watching The Wire now. We're watching The Wire now. We finished The Sopranos and we've subsequently moved on to The Wire. Um, it took me t- like around six-ish months to watch The Sopranos because there were like breaks and like, um, I'm not going to lie, there were like a few seasons where Renato just was not digging it as much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had to do some extra pushing to like, let's go back to The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, we started The Wire like around the time we recorded the last podcast. Right. We're so halfway through the third season ago. now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> You guys are cooking through that. <laughs> it's so much. Like, look, The Sopranos is good. Is it Breaking Bad good? No. Are you going to tell like, me that The Sopranos is better than Breaking Bad? Because I'm here to tell you your highest shit. I, I, there, there are certain points in time where I stop ranking, where I'm just like, I enjoy no, this. I'm just, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to enjoy it. I'm saying that the, it is... It is not as bad as Star Wars because Star Wars is bad. Let me repeat. Hey, hey, hey. Star don't, look me the, don't look me in the eye when you say that. <laughs> so it is not a Star Wars situation where I look at all of you people and think you're drunk. I know The Sopranos is good. Just like I know Quiet Place Part 2 is okay. Andrew, I but I don't want him. to watch it. <laughs> can't be there. The I can. button is but, working for me. But I, the last time I saw The Sopranos was like a decade ago. I am. I started watching this maybe two nights ago. I am already nine episodes in. I'll watch some more. Like if there's no Olympics on or there's a sport I don't care about, I'll be watching The Sopranos. Uh, but I'm just Please report to, back. I'm just telling you that when I get to the end of this. And Andrew's already admitted that there's some mid-seasons that aren't so strong. I'm just telling you guys, I don't think The Sopranos <laughs> is the manner from heaven that you guys... I, th- I think the thing for me, like, re-watching it this round, is that, first of all, as you mentioned, it had been a really long time since I'd seen it. Oh, yeah, it's 16 um, by 9 now, which... 
um yes like i was because of how hbo tv shows are like a lot of them have this prestige nature to them where they take themselves so goddamn seriously like even game of thrones which is fantasy fiction but they still take everything so dead seriously i was afraid to go back to the sopranos and see a very serious show and I was just happy to find out that the show was like, no, they like wrote like crazy ass jokes in this thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they knew they were making fun of like mob nonsense. As mm-hmm. much as like it's violent and like there's some dark things in there, right. like they know how to have fun throughout that right. show. They're just like, hey, these are, we're going to put all these stereotypes into a show and just have them headbutt each other. And it's fun. But yeah. I think you guys need to. To take a step back. It's still really fucking good. Okay. Put it this way. Justified shouldn't be better. Because Justified was never prestige television. Justified Damian, shouldn't be better than this. That's the Western bias right there. That's the cowboy bias. That's the cowboy bias. I understand it. And I'm willing to let you say it out loud. But I know there, it's not right. There are two seasons <laughs> in Justified. That blow away anything that the Sopranos can and will ever do <laughs> out the water. <laughs> so, I think on that bombshell, on that bombshell, I think we have to go over to Douglas. Look at his depressed face. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Douglas, Wait, do you Douglas, have anything to talk about? When's the last time about? you watched The Sopranos? I'm, I'm actually in the middle of rewatching The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> where where are you in the Sopranos, Douglas? I think I am season four. Okay, I'm not cool. sure. Um, right. But I'm I, always in. I am. Let's see what episode this is. If this thing will ever load at any point. At any point. Jesus Christ. Uh, I am episode 10. Okay, there we go. I just saw so, episode 11. Uh, when this when i start back right so outside of our combined experience mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks uh what i've been watching really can be lumped into two categories one is i like music too much mm-hmm. and two is carla gugino um so let's start yeah. with music uh so, Lollapalooza has been happening in Chicago. That's a fairly <laughs> big music festival. All right. And Hulu recently bought the rights, apparently, yep. and has just decided anybody who has Hulu can watch right. this thing live. To so email and me every day. They're just like, hey, Damien, you want to watch Lollapalooza? And I keep yeah. telling them, no. And so, I'll turn it on every once in a while. I think it was maybe four days long. Um... And I can't remember the first one that I watched, um, but I kind of like the first person, whoever it was that performed before Orville Peck. I don't like Orville Peck. Who likes Orville Peck? It's we- he's weird. But there was somebody on before Orville Peck that I like. Can't remember who. Um, and there was a lot of shitty DJs, which I would turn on and be like, really? And then turn back off. So like, and I know people love him, but I'm I'm putting him in this ca- category because I didn't need to watch DJs. Is Steve Aoki um, was there? Then there were a couple other just people just jumping up and down with DJ sets, or whatever. But there was one performance in particular 
that made me one realize how much I miss and really want to go to live events again, but clearly I'm way too afraid to do so, especially with the sort of fervor that the people in Chicago did. Because if you see those crowds, oh my God, it is a, a, a COVID outbreak waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> the, and, and also, it kind of taught me the power of popular music because this is a band that I have kind of decided I don't like for no reason because I, I probably do like them. Um, and, and, um, like I saw the, the lead singer as he was performing, you could see how he's, cause he's been around for a long time over multiple bands and, um, how he's able to kind of, um, he's mastered, well, mastered is a strong word, but he's very good at performing and, and kind of wrangling the crowd and, and wrangling the content and making everything um, kind of flow seamlessly. That's what I love about like watching The Roots, watching like great performers. I watched the Foo Fighters close yes. out Lollapalooza, right? And I talk about the power of popular music because as I said, this is a band I have kind of actively tried to avoid. I don't, I've, I've decided I never really liked them. Mm -hmm. But and to be fair, a performance like this, a band like this with the sort of longevity they have, they're going to be playing the hits. But I could maybe not sing the words, but I could definitely hum along with almost every single song that he played because I knew them, right? And, and it, it became like there were songs that even though at the time I didn't like them, they reminded me of my childhood, right? Which is weird because... I think they started off apparently in 95, 94, somewhere around there. So that's high school days for me. Like early high school, um, actually 94 was when I started high school. Um, and I did know that I liked a recent song of theirs, which they did play. There's a song called Shame. Have you heard it, Andrew? It's so good. Um, but the Foo Fighters, like, I think... I'm wondering if I need to, to, to go down that rabbit hole because I yes. really like that performance. Yes, Dave Foo Fighters. was awesome. You've lived um, this and... long without doing it. Douglas, don't do this. You don't have to do this. He can <laughs> well, just no, watch his performance he's, again. He's clearly proficient in his art. I mean, the man um, was the drummer in one of the... I don't even know what word to use. Um, clearly not prolific because I think they only had maybe two albums, but one of the the most like some people would say important yeah, um, bands works. in in, in musical artists. history, right? Um, I don't like to use the word seminal, even though I suppose that's that's what it is. But I kind of think about seminal more like prolific. But yeah, um, him and Kurt Cobain in um, Nirvana, right? Huh? Influential commercial. Well, they did become no, very influential, commercial. I said, not oh, influential. Yeah, yeah, they're hugely influential. Um, and for him to move on from there to Foo Fighters, and I know he's done some other things that I'm not very much aware of, but he, um, he's great. And and I was talking to to Andrew about this um, after because I think this was was this last night. Yeah, this was last night. I watched this. It closed out last night. Um, and I was talking to Andrew, and Andrew would send me videos, which I've seen already, and I love it, of him playing with... Do you know Damien, who Nandi Bushell is? 
Yes, I do. Bushel, probably. I you know do? because you, Douglas Robinson. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Introduced so, me to this, these people. So, Nandy Bushel and Dave Grohl had like a, a, a pretend um, uh, drum, drum battle. Up. It was great. Um, and I think they went back and forth maybe a couple of times. Um, and it's awesome to, to see him like, you know, just have fun like that. Just be like, all right, you're you're a young girl who clearly is like she's obviously going to be something when she, you know, gets a little older. Um, and to foster that sort of like activity and growth and whatever it is that she's doing. Um, it's it's great. But yeah. I really enjoyed Like, I didn't think I was going to sit down and, and watch the full performance. And it was a long performance because I started in the middle of it. I don't know how long it was before I got there. But when I started, they were already on stage and in the middle of songs. And I think I spent maybe a good hour watching them. So and can you rewatch it on Hulu or is it just one of those live things that they don't I see? don't know, right? I guess, I, I, I guess I'll check. I'll check. Check. I, I, you can search for it. I remember that I searched for it and I added it to my stuff. So I know there's a channel thing for it. I feel like when it was off, I couldn't watch it. But then when it was on, I could turn it on and rewind. But I don't oh, know okay. if it's still available. Check and see. But it, that performance, it's it's on the last night. It's the last okay. performance of the last night. It was great. Um, I'm not saying people should do this, but yeah. I just did a search and I found people who've uploaded it to YouTube. So, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not familiar with that platform. <laughs> well, apparently, um, all of the other ones, like the earlier Lollapaloozas, were also filmed and were live streamed for free on YouTube. Um, this was the first year that Hulu took it away and put it behind the paywall. Um, and people got upset, of course. So maybe that's fueling it as well. But, By um, Hulu, you yeah. should say Walt Disney. <laughs> Walt Disney, there you go. <laughs> Disney plus minus. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was like something that was great. Something else that I've watched. So, so I have on principle decided I don't want to pay for Apple Plus or whatever they call that thing, Apple TV Plus, whatever. Never heard um, of it. Uh, I have found a way in, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Someone has given me their credentials and I am now using it, right? Um, and one of the shows that I have been watching, um, about three episodes in, I think, is a show um, by Mark Ronson who is a pretty big producer, um, music person. Um, and he is just talking about music. And I think I kind of like the show. So I almost didn't get through the first episode. And if I stopped, I would not have started again. And What's the name of the show? It's called Watch the Sound. Thank you. Okay. I, I was just like, my, for me... Look, I'm, si I'm sitting here like yeah. writing the notes and I'm waiting for you to say the name so I can write down. Sorry, th this, was a, this was a mistake because you know how I, I deal with certain things. For me, this is the Mark Ronson show. So um, it it's, doesn't have a name to me, but, but I did write it down. It's called Watch the Sound. Um, the first episode is not strong. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's about, but they like... He, he tries to like do aspects of music in each episode, it seems. And the first one, I guess, just wasn't for me. Um, and he has his super friends with him. Paul McCartney is on here. Um, Questlove makes an appearance. Um, in the latest episode that I'm talking about, that I'm watching, he has um, 
footage of him working with, and he's talking about working with um, Back to Black, um, Amy Winehouse. Um, so it's, you know, fairly star-studded. Um, but where, when I really realized that I am deeply into this show was the second show episode when it was more about hip-hop and, and rap and sampling and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And the thing about it is I realized, and this is why I gravitated to, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, Questlove's DJ sets. Um, and obviously, you know, it helps that he's playing good music, music that I like. But I, I realized that I enjoy the stories behind it, right? And so this is the type of documentary that I would actually watch all day. Like, talking about music, music I like, and how... What were what was the magic that needed to create this music, right? So, and that's essentially what Mark Ronson is doing. Um, so, I will sit down and listen to Questlove talk about, you know, um, Prince and Paisley Park, or or George Clinton and and um, the history there, and how Bootsy Collins is, how he sounds is really just him making fun of um, of Jimmy uh, of of what's his name. Uh, okay, I can't remember the mo one of the most famous guitarists ever. Anyway, Hendrix. Thank you, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> um, uh, but like that's what this this um, television show is. It's Mark Ronson with his weird New Yorky Londony accent. Um, talk to famous music people about making their famous music, and I am down for that. Right. Um, pretty good show and like just a, a, on a side note um i've been like going through the apple tv plus whatever it's called uh um catalog catalog and yeah. I, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that is gone i know i'm gone um and i am actually wondering if perhaps there is some worth to this um this i know like i think about it like i'm like will i keep this after the yeah. six month period is over yeah yeah there because um, because the reason why we're in on this is that i i got a notification that they were giving out six months for free to ps5 owners so like i literally just logged into my ps5 and they're like you want six months free i'm like yes and i'm like all right i'll i know i'll at least watch the whole of ted lasso and <laughs> we'll see what else this thing has to give me um, I know there are a few films I'm looking forward to showing up on the platform soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the weird thing is, like, I'm trying to figure out why I uh, viewed Apple the way I did, right? Probably my Apple BIOS, because I don't like them. I don't like the way that they, they do their business um, in terms of the, the devices that they make. But my problem with them was i didn't feel like they had the sort of stuff that i wanted to watch i i i was surprised that ted lasso was good but it's great and i would definitely um you know continue to to watch ted lasso but i said to myself what else do they have they don't really have anything on their service um and i don't know if that's marketing because it's not because they have marketed the shit out of this and a lot of the TV shows. I wonder why I didn't think to myself, of course Apple has a ton of stuff on here. But anyway. I think I think the difference, and I'd, I, we'd have to go into the way back time machine to kind of see this. I think the difference is that unlike all the other services that have come up, let's say Disney, for example, 
is that those services came around where they actually had a back catalog to provide you at the beginning point, right? right? And the thing with Apple is they very much kind of like how Disney Plus did for us when we were talking about it when it started. Even though you were like, all I cared about was a Mandalorian and that's the one thing I want, um, you you could lie to yourself and say, at least I have the back catalog to watch if I want to. With Apple, it was like, all right, we're starting with show number one. And yeah, then you're like, what else do I have to watch? Yeah. Nothing. All right, cool. I'll come back next year. Um, I, but I no, like it's been like a year plus in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a time and you could it, scroll to the end of their offerings. <laughs> like, <yeah>. quickly. <laughs> now it's been, it's been like a year or so of Apple Plus And like they have like a, a semi-decent catalog of stuff. They've been making good things, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, now it makes sense for me to like also, go on there and be like, art. Is, yeah. is the question. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple, yes, they're a big business and they have a lot of money and could run this just off cash on hand for eternity. But that's not how they're, they're very ruthless in how they run their business. And if at some point someone comes to them and they're like, yo, no matter how, what side of the curve we look at, this is never going to make us any money. They're just going to go, well, all right, <laughs> and turn that <laughs> off. They've been well. I'm not too worried about that for streaming platform concepts because I mean we've seen media be locked into contracts that they don't get out of, and that's Mm -hmm. sad. But at the same time, maybe it's just the dollar value thing we deal with with streaming platforms. I don't consider them things that I own or things that I should have access to forever. Um, So like if if they lock up Apple and they tell everybody, all right, six months from now this service is done and how do I watch Ted Lasso? I guess you have to buy it from some store if you wanted to buy it. Um, I'd be like, fine, sure. It's been good while it lasted. Like if they did that for Netflix, not because I mean, Netflix is making money over money. They're fine. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I, I do want to say, I feel like um, people need to hear this. Apple, Amazon, and Disney need to collectively come together and sit down the rest of the streaming industry and tell them how to do their business correctly. And when I say business, I mean streaming. They need to tell everybody how to actually get the streaming quality good. Yes. Because, because I'm so upset with all of my other platforms. HBO is okay. I mean, Netflix is a giant heap of garbage lately. Like, the only ones that are consistently good are those three. Um, I mean, even YouTube I, TV. I'm so upset. I know Amazon owns the internet, but <laughs> I will say that I am consistently impressed by the quality coming off of that, <laughs> that website. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kind of uh, magic they're running, but there, mm-hmm. there's, times, there's times I have to look and make sure that it hasn't like bump the quality up to something that I've never seen or heard because yeah. the only place I've seen things look this pristine is when I'm running them off a hard drive. <laughs> <onto> <laughs> the, I'm just like, this is impossible that this looks Trust this Trust me. And, and Damien, I don't know if you've actually used the, the system lately or what, but um, the Apple Plus streaming quality is great. Like, it's obviously not perfect. Nothing is mm-hmm. when it's streaming. Um, but... I, I guess the trade-off like, is Amazon has the worst user interface of all oh time. Oh, yeah, they do. They really do. And, and the Apple user face is not particularly great either. 
Um, Apple will tell you it's because you, you're holding it wrong, but you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, uh, just, just, to, just to interject there, Douglas, mm-hmm. do you remember when your boy Steve Jobs said that you don't need a phone bigger than 3.7 yes. inch. I <laughs> Google announced a phone today. The smallest size you can get is, is 6.7 six inches. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, 6.7 is a, pl- is a pro. Is the big is one? Six, yeah, I think 6.4 oh, so six, is five or so, Yeah. Oh wow! Like, I I think they usually, I thought they usually try to make things that are at least one that's under six the, or like later they announce a smaller model or something. The game yeah. is over. Like Douglas's phone is six and a half, I think. Mine is six and a half, yeah. And it's just extra tall, so at least yeah. you can. But every but other I feel phone like, is just I feel big like for their, big. Their scene. pro is probably the same size as mine because yeah. I still have screen left. That, yeah, that could be used. It's it's just beautiful to remember that. There was a time, and people were just like, "Yeah, you don't need a phone bigger than that." Just I actually, don't mind the look of that phone. Like, I know that they're not going to have headphones jacks because no, no thank you. Is, you right? Then no thanks. But to be honest with you, I'll buy S10s for the rest of my life. Has an SD card slot. I'm yeah. probably buying it. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, so what were you leading to, Douglas? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the unnamed tech podcast. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, sure. But yeah, so so my second category of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, not music. Not music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a Netflix movie that goes by the name of Gunpowder Milkshake. Okay. It's Did you lose a bet? Not particularly great. Um, it's all right to watch, though. It's fun. It's, you know, pow, pow, bang, bang. Um... <laughs> but it's also not great. It is it's middling for it's a middling shitty movie, which means it's really not worth anybody's time. Um so don't bother watch this guys. Uh what I did watch and enjoy quite a bit was a show that goes by the name of Jet. This show recently came on or was added to the HBO Max platform, but is actually originally a, a Cinemax show from a couple of years ago. It stars Carla Gugino, and I don't know, it's like this weird timing that um, Carla Gugino is in both this and Gunpowder Milkshake. And if you don't know who Carla Gugino is and you have to be Googling her, like I think I see Andrew doing, um, how I know her, she's in a bunch I'm of Googling movies. the show. I'm not oh, Googling yes. her. Uh, <laughs> but I know her. Like, I, I remember the first time I, I said, ooh, who is this person? It was Sin City. Um, she was the parole officer. But Jet is a television show about her being like she's a master thief, let's call it. Um, oh, yeah, but more I just I saw the trailer for this, yeah. Yeah, she's more just generally a criminal. And she has recently come out of prison and is doing jobs. And like what this show, the mechanics of this show really is um, about, it's, it's the type of show where you as somebody who colors outside the line, somebody who's a criminal and, and in that kind of world, Get yourself into trouble and and try to play multiple parties against each other. That's essentially what this television show is, right? It's nothing special, nothing fancy. It's not it's not um uh like great cinema or whatever, but it's fun. And I really enjoyed every minute I had with this television show. 
Um, it stars it stars a lot of people that we know. Um, it stars Giancarlo Esposito or Gus Fring. Bugging and out. There you bugging out. There you go. Um, and it also has Queen from <laughs> Queen and Slim. So ah. so this show has a few people that we know. Um, and I have to tell you that the showrunners of the show know exactly how my mind works um, and made sure that in this show is a character by the, that goes by the name of Benny. Um, and what's great about it, unfortunately, Benny and the Jet don't actually end up working oh. together for an extended period oh. of time. They're like, the they're jet. in the same uh, group, but they don't, like, it's not like Benny and the Jet does things. Um, but just me being able to chuckle that Benny and mm -hmm. the Jet exist in this universe yep. is, is great. Um, but this is a seriously good show. And I am hoping that it gets a second season because apparently, like, 2019 is when the first season happened. I don't know if COVID helped, but it got cancelled in a roundabout way because Cinemax essentially said, we're not doing any original shows anymore um, at the end of the first season. I think it actually got renewed for a second season. And then they were like, actually, you know what? We don't do shows. And they cancelled everything. Um, <laughs> The fact that all of a sudden this is now showing up on HBO Max, I'm kind of hopeful that they're kind of testing the waters to see if people like it. You know, if people stream, the more people stream it, maybe they'll pull on Netflix and say, all right, guys, come back out. And I know that Carla Gugino and her husband, um, I think, was the person who was behind the show. Um, and I know, because I, I read, read up about it, because I want a second season, that they were looking and trying to figure out how to get a second season. So uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm praying to the television gods. I'm <laughs> praying to the Warner Medias, to the at and uh -huh. whoever it is right. that owns HBO Max now, because I'm not sure. They did a spin-off. Think Discovery does. Think Discovery does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did a spin-off with Discovery. Um, <laughs> please, people, give me a second season. Gus Fring has a little bit of time off because um, because there was a bit of a, a, a an accident over there on his other show. Let's mm -hmm. ha have him come here and do some work, please and thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's that's mostly um, what I've been watching between that and well, I mean other crappy television. But yeah, did you just uh, refer I watched to the Phantom Olympics of the Paradise, as crappy television? Music. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's his bad mind working. As crappy television? I, I, haven't, I haven't actually been watching the Olympics. I watched one morning's worth of maybe like uh, two I, hours. I'd like this conversation to end, please. I'm not, I'm not staying up late and waking up early to watch his, watch his thing. Um, apparently, Andrew... You can just watch my screen. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Oh, <laughs> yes, Jamaica. Jamaica just, Jamaica just won. Oh, is the Andrew 400 behind? heat. They've been doing oh. lots of 400 heats, so like it just keeps rolling. Oh, okay. There are more heats. Um, I don't know if I'm behind Damien or what. Um, uh, but anyways, I'll be quick. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is the movie that I had originally slated for this podcast, but mm -hmm. that I had swapped out because yeah. I decided it wouldn't work for our podcast. Mm -hmm. Or at least I didn't want to get shouted at, only to be shouted at for the movie <laughs> I picked from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the movie in question is a film by the name of Zolo, um, which is the infamous movie about a Twitter thread that went viral 
about a young lady, a stripper in Detroit who um not a good Italian a... football man. <laughs> no, <laughs> not not a, the Italian footballer. Um who took a trip to a road trip to Florida with a with a a recent acquaintance and then ended up in a bad place. And the story is the story is as they quote it about how me and this bitch fell out, right? Um to quote her. Um this movie is okay. Right? Um and it's probably okay but due to the way it all presents itself it's the kind of okay that you leave it and just want to hate it as opposed to being like it's all right and it's just not the best um and the thing about it is is that um it's it's one of these movies where everybody in the movie is incredible right everybody performs like top notch um the guy in this movie i need to look up his name because i only know him as like a character actor in a bunch of stuff including like he was in the walking dead um he was in like seasons of the walking dead or whether it was the walking dead or the spin-off walking dead one of them um his name i am now scrolling um coleman domingo um who plays the the pimp in this movie? He was in Selma. He was in Fear the Walking Dead. He was in Lincoln. Um, like he's a face you'll know. He's one of those that guys. But he is incredible in this movie as this smooth talking pimp um, working with um, Zola's not really friend Stephanie. Um, who like whenever things go bad, he switches into like his African accent. Like he just turns on like the he turns on the he turns on the like the man who will murder you tone right um it's the same way like in Jamaica you'll have people who are talking nice and the minute they get upset the, the clout come out right. <laughs> right. um and like the performance is top notch but the thing about this movie is that it plays itself into a corner where it's one of two movies in your head it is either the Florida Project. Or it is Spring Breakers. Ah. And it never really commits to either of these avenues, right? Um, in, like in style, it's trying to go there. But even more to the point is that because it never really commits to like the, the craziness of these two films, there is like a deep, dark underbelly that this movie is like peeking at. Which like it feels like a movie in which it starts to like make the fantastical twist of it where it will it, it you know some people will tell stories about like bad times in their lives but they're stories that they have gone past like they are no it's no longer affecting them they've gotten over like the trauma of that story and so they can somehow find like the weird humor of the story and you if it's if it's done right like you can a feel the trauma while still going along with that person with the humor that they found in these stories and this movie feels very much like someone who is i'm not gonna say put words in the mouth of the woman who's telling this story but like the movie itself feels like it's told from a perspective where it doesn't fully feel like they're past the trauma of this story and it doesn't quite know how to get that humor right 
right? So it feels like it's like middling through a lot of these problems and a lot of this stuff. So even the more ridiculous stuff that you've seen like in the trailer, like sure, they're ridiculous dumb shit. And like the characters are characters, but you leave this movie just feeling like you were in the middle of a conversation and you didn't really get like, like you have questions right? kind of thing. Um, and it was just kind of very disappointing for me watching this movie. Um, but the performances are amazing in this movie, right? Um, Riley Q, Kyo, Kyo, I don't know how to pronounce her name, as Stephanie, Taylor Page as Zola. Um, I'll only call him Greg from Succession as Derek. Um, and Coleman Domingo as, apparently here they're saying his character name is just X. Um, I don't know. Um, and... I mean, it's a kind of movie that just kind of takes you down a rabbit hole of reading about the origins of it. And you find out a lot of stuff about um, the gentleman in question where this is a movie where like if this was like the real the real story. And I don't know how much of it is real as in this is what Zola knew about the characters versus um, me knowing more now that I've read about these people outside of Zola's weekend. Right. Um, this is a story that ends up in a lot of human trafficking and sex trade that ah. is very crazy, oh, right? Fun. And the movie that's has fun. a lot of that in it, right? Um, but it doesn't quite... It's not quite like Nightingale depressing of like graphic and crazy. And it's not It's not um, Spring Breakers where like it is... It's just cocaine feel nonsense, right? <laughs> Um, and I was very sad that it didn't quite scratch commit. the itch that I was expecting from this movie. It did not come um, in. No. no. That's, um, sometimes that happens. So when I saw it, I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't make dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, let's find another soul-crushing movie for Damien <laughs> to watch. Um, and that's all I'm really going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the Olympics. All right, Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm, I'm watching on as Jamaica. Jamaica is like going through all the 400 meters. And I'm like, yes. Question. Has Canada won anything? Yes, they have. What did they win? I don't remember. I I remember seeing. Like, I don't <laughs> think I've actually watched. I know they're in the football final for the women's football, which is a big deal because yeah, they yeah, beat that, US. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah that's, that's um, I believe they won the vo- men's volleyball. Okay. Right, because I and, and I know they won some other like real sports. Down and out in my